somehow hold on the mics are borked i thought we tested this so that it wouldn't be borked when we came here but okay there we go there we go now they're fixed hello everybody and welcome back to dyson with death it's been a hot minute this is why so we... professional nothing has changed <laughs> in the six years we've been doing this oh my god how long has it been when was episode one it's been a while content right here yeah 2013 oh my god it's been nine years eight years because it was december it's a long time nice mug oh thank you has my wife's name on it one of her um esl students i think got her this mug and she loves it because it's like a little grandma mug because it's got yellowstone national park on it her name in case she forgets who she is Uh uh-huh yeah, it's got the bears and the moose and the, the the eagles and whatnot. So nice. Yep. I've got a Portland mug. It's got like the bridges, and buildings, and trees. Oh, there's some, drug, there's some drug addicts underneath the bridge here <laughs> shooting up heroin. They're in their trashy. Oh, wait. And it's a uh, cloudy Sorry. and overcast. Um, it's it's night. It's hard to tell. You can see stars, which is that's a lie artist has never been to portland i think this thing was made in china yeah these buildings are way too big yeah anyways yep well it's been a hot minute since we played some dicing with death um not quite two years we couldn't keep our uh hands off the dice to uh give you guys the full immersion of a real lifetime skip but Mm -hmm. we did our best it's been about four months four and a half months um so We we had a lag or two in there maybe well, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, no, I think you just don't, don't play know. with me anymore. You've got your new uh, big wig in. streamer friends, and uh, you know, and you've got a baby. You don't even want to hang out with your old friends anymore because you got this new toy. I get it. I get it. Moving on. Uh but here we are in Necrot. Devon has been gone for two years, having recently returned. Uh, his friends, companions, workers, family members, and servants and subjects all look on in wonder how he and Moth have been gone for so long. Um, you've gotten your sort of recap of what's happened. Your father-in-law has died. Things have become a little bit more corrupt oh, without really? Devon's influence I, here. Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to roleplay all of these surprise reactions? Uh, sure there's, much, no. uh, there's much confusion, disbelief. Mm-hmm. What are what are the stages of, of grief? I don't know. Uh, the I think we just skip rejection. all of them and go, uh, go uh, work in our wizard's tower and push our emotions deep down inside of us. <sighs> of course. The most manly approach to any problem is just ignoring it. Um, and so in his wizard tower, we find Devon with his servants and his apprentices who yeah. are adjusting back to what it's like to work with Devon and have a new leader or, you know, have a leader when there was none for so mm. long. And um, I think there was much uh, groveling, um, apologizing profusely to Devon's wife. Mm-hmm. We're leaving her alone with a uh, with a newborn baby for two years. Yep. 
Now you've got a child, and you yeah. didn't even have to change a diaper. Oh, we're... Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're live now. Goodbye. I... Oh, that's a... I saw her wave. I... Did you see her dino suit? No, show me the dino suit. Well, oh my god, suit. I've seen the dino suit before. That's a good one. Spikes. This might be a different one. She has a lot of dino suits. I was gonna say, I don't think the last one yeah. I saw was this color. No. Oh, it's almost worth having a baby <laughs> just to give them little dinosaur suits. She's waving. She wants to crawl into the into the computer screen. Alright. <laughs> Have fun out there. It's Jealous. Degrees. So <laughs> but the sun's out. It looks beautiful. I, I'll enjoy the outside from right here. Yeah, it's nice here in Boulder, too. It's quite nice outside. But we're stuck indoors, so let's make the best of it. Uh, Devon, what do you want to do? So much to do, it's I know. It's all on me. I mean... Yeah. Well, let's... Uh, so, let, where we last left off, you had been given a warning about Atropos, that she was some sort of... Um, what was the term... That you Winter were God? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Every time I try to introduce some sort of mysterious thing, everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, it's definitely Winter God." Uh huh. No, uh, uh, Safi, the elf who you were hanging out in the Feywild with, said that she is one of the Dark Ones, one of the forces of nature that drives all people. That she, Atropos, is the reason Devon hasn't reached his full potential. That you've been drained by her and your proximity to her. Um, you, <coughs> you also saw in the dream world yourself far above the tower Necrot. Safi sees into this dream world as well and is saddened that Devon's people live in such ways. Let me reduce the background music a little bit. Um, um. Uh, sounds, there we go. Perfect. Sounds interesting. Um, I think Devon's main interest is still in uncovering the secrets of the uh of the philosopher's stone yes in the dream world when you were the elements when you were wondering about the philosopher's stone you saw your tower grow in size and turn wooden in nature eventually turning into a giant staff-like shape um, I don't know if that dream world of your tower turning into a staff is directing you where you need to go, or if it's just reflecting what you desire. But that did come up in the Feywild and the Plane of Dreams. Yes. I think it comes up in Devon's pleading with his wife. He probably tells her <laughs> of where he was, where he was questing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she scolds him for chasing such, um, I don't know, futile goals. Mm -hmm. Unreal, unreasonable, unrealistic mm -hmm. problems here on Earth. But all of our problems could be solved if I get a Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just think of the, uh, the mysteries we would uncover, the wealth that would pour out of Necrot. Mm-hmm. Ah, so many great things that could be achieved. But how do you find this Philosopher's Stone, this chunk of the world staff? Well, that's why I was in the uh, journey to the Feywild, but that seemed to be a quite a detour. Hmm. However, in the meantime, I do still have a few elementals 
to uh, to capture, mm-hmm. find mm. elemental spirits, and I and there might be some more practical problems in the two years since I've been gone. So maybe at some point there will be a recap, like an in-game recap from uh, someone important in town. Well, your um, wife can tell you what's been going on. Um, she yeah. has not seen you in a long time. Yours was a political marriage, not one of love and lust and, you know, close emotional connection. So doing her due diligence, she comes to inform her. There's a term for Lord and husband together. Um, King, maybe something oh. like that. Uh, what apparently has... now that uh, the the elder has passed, yes, yes, but what kingship needs to be claimed. Um, otherwise, you're just you know the the local leader. What has transpired I, is that I wear uh, a I wear a crown upon my head, a Serona of mm. uh, filigree. Mm-hmm. It gives me uh, insights into mysteries of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm king of something. One of the things that has happened in your absence is that the wealth of Necrot has drawn much attention, and that attention has brought with it bandits and brigands, people who hang out on the roads leaving Necrot and look for unwary, unsuspecting people laden with wealth and assault them and take their money and then leave them on the side of the road, disappearing into the hills to collect and count their coins greedily. Shelter Bay has grown. Um, the construction there has finished. The town is... I wouldn't say, like, fully in its peak, but it has reached that point of accelerated growth where people are moving to Shelter Bay from elsewhere. Merchants and traders from all over this island have have come to Shelter Bay. Some have stayed here permanently, others just transient through. Inns and taverns have been set up here with long-term storage so people can arrive in Shelter Bay, drop off their stuff, travel to Necrot, leave their stuff there warehouses have been grown um the great serpent in necrot has grown large and fat on the offerings in your absence people have gone to have looked to your dear serpent friend as like a, a symbol of power in the region a symbol that has been very easy for them to sort of pay homage to give some money to and then not listen to because it doesn't shout any orders or demand anything of people and so your fine serpent friend is now quite large with a lot of money that he wraps himself around. Um, additionally, and this comes with a little bit of tepidration. I think that's the right word. Uh, your wife has... Tepidation. Yeah. Tepidation, thank you. Uh, has been the... Trepidation. S- yeah, that's the right word. Uh, has had many a suitor come to woo her and ask for her hand and replace you in the power structure. She pauses when she says this to see what you react, how you react to such a calm exterior masking uh, a uh, unexpected fury. Mm. I don't know that Devon has been a particularly passionate man, but uh, for some reason this is enrages him. 
Mm-hmm. Even if he's only, even if he has been gone for two years. All right, none of the suitors are around, are they? Not here in this house. Yeah, she says. There's, yeah, I mean, there's like a when, who, where are they? Um, there is a man here in town. Um. Name is Isaac. She pauses. He comes from far away, from Hearthhome. He has brought with him many men to help carry copper and silver back to Hearthhome, for which he has paid a fair and honorable honorable price. Who's come to sample um, the area? He's bought up much of the wine from your own vineyards and delivered us much gold. He's presently in the inn down the street, I believe, or at least that's where he has made base with his many accompanying retinue. She sifts uncomfortably, the baby on her knee, bouncing. I guess it's two now. I don't know if you still bounce a two-year-old on your knee, but... You can bounce a two-year-old, but they probably mostly just run around on the ground, Mm. causing a ruckus. Are we in the tower, or is there, like, a manor house? This is in your home. Yeah. Hmm. She looks to the... Yvonne weighs uh, paying this Isaac a visit, and he, he is treated with you directly. Often, he has made many gifts and bribes and flattering words, and his intentions have been quite clear. He wishes to wed with me, um, adopt our. Or dear child here, she says, bouncing the kid on her knee, and um, take over a position of importance, managing imports and exports out of Necrot. He has resources and connections in the West to move materials and facilitate trade. Ivan twitches and is like flexing and clenching his fist. I assume you told him this is out of the question, as you are already wed, and the boy already has a father. My husband was dead. Was he? Seemingly gone for two years without a word. I mean, only a year and a half at the time that he Ah. approached. Surely you have more faith in me. Hopefully she's wise enough to not answer that. <laughs> she just sits there holding the kid who is squirming away, eventually you know, dropping to the floor and bop, 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 into a wall and then on the ground. She goes over and picks up the kid who begins to whine a little bit. Now, now, Devon, you're here. I'm sure things can be set right. Nothing permanent has been done. Seems there is much to set right. 
Uh, we have, is there a out of is there a law code at all in Necrot? Has such a thing been established? No, there's no written down set of rules or laws. Any problems in the past that came up were just brought to um, your father-in-law, who is the de facto and de jure leader, and he mm-hmm. would adjudicate any problems based on his own sense of right and wrong. Um, in his absence, though, that has fallen to his wife, and there have been enough issues that have come up that she has delegated some of these tasks, some of these um, oversights of the town, to a group of three people that she has called judges, um, who will just use their own intuition and opinion in the matter to, you know, declare over, what is right and wrong. Over time, I'm sure this will change, and there will be a legal code of necrot etched mm-hmm. in stone and mm-hmm. stored in, uh, in the library in the tower. Um, but I guess that is yet to be. There will likely be some conflicts between Devon and these judges as he maybe takes justice into his own hands. Mm-hmm. But uh, we shall see. Um, Sensing the... These, oh, go ahead. Back to these brigands. Have the, uh, have the Romulans been keeping the roads safe? They've been taking care of things? Under escort of Romulans, well, traders do are not uh, molested or attacked. Mm-hmm. But the brigands are smart enough not to assault the Romulans, and so they are still out there. And those too cheap or too poor to pay for protection do still find themselves the subject of raiders. But that is the, the, you know, the cost of business, the cost of success, I suppose, as other people nipping at your heels, trying to take what is yours. No, it does not have to be. Clearly, this must be dealt with. Rising tide raises all ships. And our rising hills ought to uh, fill all of our coffers with precious gems and metals. There's no reason there should be brigands in the hills resorting to thievery. Well, they are scattered about in small numbers all over the place. Their faces unknown. How one would root out all the brigands in the land as uh, beyond by simple homemakers thoughts she says a little Heroes. bit of you know Heroes acid in her voice she would uh she would have some opinions and send devon on a more straightforward quest no she seems um tense and concerned a little frustrated and a little uh what's the word um bitter But mm-hmm. of all the problems that plague our lands, though, I think the brigands are the the least of our worries. I am more concerned about some of these judges. My my mother, your your mother-in-law, has appointed them, and upon appointment, they were wise and judicious, but. <clears throat> They have grown quite wealthy 
since their appointment um, a year and change ago. Originally ordinary folks. What, what, how have they grown wealthy? Are they? She shrugs. Have they I'm, been granted a salary? They have been granted a salary. Not enough to explain their large homes and great assets. How they acquire their wealth, I do not know, but they seem to have made quite a bit of money. I wonder if there is bribery or if there are gifts or what is the situation. Who are these judges? Anyone that I knew? Your old craftsman, the one who has helped build your towers and your homes, is the first of the judges. Heifer? No, no, not Heifer. Uh, I was really hoping you'd remember his name. Oh, Akitos. Akitos. Akitos is one of the judges. And then she lists two other names, people you have not heard before. Um, a woman named Rain and a uh, old man named uh, Ulra. Newcomers? No. Uh, Rain was a... What do you call her? A weaver. Um, has been in this town for some, you know, since, since birth. Lies! Um, <laughs> I don't say that to her, but how would a, how would a shepherd not know a weaver in the crot? Your plot holes are uh, are exposed, DM. That's true. No, a fine. shepherd. I forgot that you were a shepherd, a lowly shepherd. Okay, so yeah, you. I guess you do know Rain, um, but okay. you don't know her personally. You've just heard of her. When you left, she was just a you know one of these lower ranking weaver people of no note and importance. You'd worked with her parents, who were like running the 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 home business. Um, Sorry, but now she's been appointed to judge. Ah, uh, yes, I know Rain. Um, and Ulra who you are sort of aware of. He's like an old man that was someone's parent somewhere in town, but he was too old to do any work anymore. So he was just living and chilling and hanging out. Um, you have no had no cause to really interact with him in the past. It's... Yeah. This sounds wrong. I don't know that I necessarily object to a man of law becoming benefiting becoming wealthy as his as his uh domain grows in wealth, but for a lawman to be wealthy while uh brigands and run uh rampant and unprosecuted. Seems quite the hypocrisy. Why should they be rewarded for not doing their jobs? Perhaps you should speak to them. Oh, great leader. You are my wife. You don't need to use honorifics. Just trying to remind my lord husband of his duties. If you are to lead, perhaps some leadership should be shown.
is leadership my duty? This, uh... Your father was the elder. I will speak to these judges. Root out these this corruption. Perhaps it is some of the other news you have shared, but I am feeling a bit rash. I'm not not sure if I will make the most judicious decisions. But I think with that, Devon will will leave. And instead of going to his tower, go to uh, follow up on the uh, political intrigues and corruption. Mm. To the judges? Or to Isaac? Okay. The judges, yeah. I, I don't know about Isaac. Devon is at least aware enough of his uh, of his passions to uh, know that he's not likely to make rational decisions. Perhaps paths will cross. Fates will weave. But he's not about to go make a rash decision. All right. To Akitos, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Okay. You head down the road and sure enough, come across Akitos's old house, um, the quaint little mud brick building in which he has been living all this time. And you can find hanging out in the doorway people that you don't really recognize. Well, maybe that woman looks kind of familiar, but the other people here don't. It's definitely not Akitos and his family. They seem to have vacated their old dwelling and gone elsewhere. You can ask directions to his new place if you would like. Yeah, Devon will approach and speak to whoever's like whoever's there. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hello. I'm uh, looking Lord for Devon. Oh my God, you're back. Do they recognize me, or, or like, no, sorry, the, do I recognize them, or they just recognize me? The woman, you sort of recognize her as one of those faces you've seen in town before. Um, she gives you a, a formal and you know. A deep bow not particularly stiff and as her she looks back up at you her eyes gleam with pride and hope you know she she seems like to be genuinely happy to see you standing in the threshold is like putting his hand on the on the side of the building mm-hmm. um i'm looking for akitos oh this is the home of the great judge akitos but he has sold it to us uh he lives she points um, up the hill uh behind the manor of your own now back uh, behind the tower to the northeast. Devon, uh, looks up the hill. What what does he see behind his tower? Yeah, there's a couple of houses up there, including a fairly large manor house that she's pointing to. It's still only like a single story house. It's made out of mud brick, um, but this, it sort of sprawls this, and has these great like awnings that hang over all the walkways. And there's like a collection how, of tables. Sitting, and ch- is it sitting about like? above the tower it's not above the height of the tower it is just like um you know back behind it on like a a slightly different hill that rises a little bit the height of the tower still exceeds the height of the house but the floor of the house is higher up than the height of the the floor of the tower you know what i mean yeah 
where does the orchard fit into all this? I'll go investigate in a second for now. I'm going to wrap mm-hmm. up this interaction. I think I like look to, I've like got my hand on the threshold of the door and I like look and I see like Akitos's sign in one of the bricks above the threshold or something. Mm-hmm. And I say sold. He built this house with his own hands. And I, I am honored to have it. I, I see the, the justice has uh, grown ambitious. Forgotten, uh, forgotten his roots, the mud from which he grew. Good day to you. Divine blessings be upon you. And Devon will, uh, I guess, head up the hill. She bows deeply and calls, "Mending blessings to you too." As you disappear, um, it's probably the tower is probably on the way, right? Mm-hmm. As is the as is the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Then you'll first go to the tower for at least a little time. Catch up with his uh, apprentices, with the library, yeah. their perspective on things, and probably uh, glower out the uh, tower windows at uh, Akitos' estate. As you glower at Akitos' estate, you can see a group of eight people leaving it. Um, led by a man resplendent in like dark blue cloak that follows him with silver trim. He's got like a fancy belt with all these like precious metals around the sides. At his uh, hip is a a scabbard made out of red leather studded with probably not jewels, but like, you know, precious rock, semi-precious stones across it. Um, his entourage follows behind him fairly closely of the seven Do people. recognize the... Uh... No. No idea who this person is. Um, but of the seven people following him, four are warriors. One appears to be a scribe of some kind, and two others are uh, who knows what their positions are. Are any of my apprentices nearby, or am I, like, alone on one of the upper floors? They're all within shouting range. I I don't I don't shout, but if one of them is, like, over my shoulder, I would ask, who are they instead? No. You've rolled a one on your luck check. There are no apprentices nearby. I think I just glower and, like feel very confused and out of my element it's only been a week since i've been here and it's like i'm in a strange land mm-hmm. <clears throat> um i think since the i think in the instant that uh the, that woman that bought Akitos's house mentioned that Akitos moved devon had a, a flashing vision of tearing spires mountains from the earth and just raising the hills right underneath Akitos's mansion and uh, letting it crumble as it may. Mm. But uh, he feels like he should probably have some words first. Mm. Um, he'll go down and like check in casually with the apprentices. Um, if Moff hadn't, she's probably already done this, but. She's she's to uh, return to the library and mm-hmm. document all that we learned about the Feywild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, make some sense of our observations, add them to our collection. That is indeed what Moff has been spending her time doing. It is a bit awkward coming back when you've been gone so long, and she finds solace in her work, um, and that her work is told to her directly by you, and that can't be the wrong thing to do. Uh, so without knowing what else to occupy her time, she is diligently 
taking notes, comparing them, scribing them. Where, where are the other apprentices? Let's see. Cassandra is here in the tower right now. Um, Asoy, you will hear, it has left town recently um, on a mission out to uh, Hearthhome to gather information and to, you know, see what's happening over there. Very well. Uh, is Cassandra, like, here, here? I can I can talk to her and get an update. Yeah. I think I will, unless she looks, unless I, like, show up and she's, like, wearing a giant wizard's hat and kicking her feet up on the desk, so I will probably... No, she's polite take, and respectful. Take her for, uh, for uh, looking after the tower while I've been gone. Of course. Uh, many people doubted that you would ever return. I knew one day you would come back. I've kept the tower as you liked it. I've kept it from those who would have bought what lies within. Sutures have come here as well. I saw a scribe in the hills with a uh, accompanied by a spear of warriors. Is this one of ours? What other uh, men of letters exist in this town? Foreigners, my dear, my, my lord. Foreigners from far away who have come to observe, to write, to purchase what we have here. Devon looks around the library. Has, uh, has its collection grown significantly? It has grown. Um, not as significantly as you might have hoped. Um, in your absence, the, the work has not been as uh, prodigious. And they do not bring their knowledge with them? They are here to purchase, uh, less so to sell. I've made what purchases I can, but... Purchase is the... This is a library. Our currency is knowledge. Um, I understand, and sometimes it's sometimes in the interest of expediency... Other currencies may do, but I think we should uh, endeavor to trade knowledge for knowledge. Uh, young Asoy is our... on her way to do just that, my lord. She's left for Hearthome to take notes and observe the areas and surrounding towns and cities and monsters and nobles and bring back a ledger full of notes. How, uh... Let me show you the things we have done in your absence, she says, trying to win your favor. And how, uh, how have, how has Asoy's training been in my long absence? Has she, uh, mastered the elemental fists? And I understand it's been two years. Without a proper instructor, and as much as I wish I could be, that is not me, she has resorted to her own intuition to develop her spells and skills. I I don't know if she's ever mastered the elemental fists, but she has tapped into some sort of raw source of magic that has great power and little control. Soy was the one whose spirit was tangled with mine, right? She was the one who I used as a vessel for that elemental uh, jar. I do believe so. Yeah. What was that? What was the first element? Um, 
A wind, I, I believe. Yeah, I think it's a smoke quartz around my neck. Mm -hmm. When I think of it, I can probably feel the uh, elemental pulsing within. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. So she's... Alright, in any case... Uh... Cassandra shows you to yeah, the... Yeah, I follow Cassandra. She's probably irritated that I'm asking about a soy, but... Uh, yeah, sure. she... I'm brings you to notes about the local region this like bottom section of this peninsula out here um mm -hmm. there are notes on the creatures of the brackish fen about the red hills all the towns and villages throughout this area have been accounted for and described in detail including lords and leaders and industries names of uh fathers and fathers and fathers before we've done quite well with this region um, I think everything that there is to know has been discovered, or at least all of the secrets that are within my range to um, to describe. Very well, but uh, this is not this region is not all there is to know. And um, what you see of this region, like points to the map and like the lineages, is is not not all there is to this region. These these hills are made of earth veins of mineral extend all the way to the world staff as I've as uh, moth has seen the the fen borders on fey there is always uh, more to learn uh, of course I but, didn't mean to but this uh <laughs> This is this is good. The tower stands. Our library grows. And your studies, your powers. Uh, unfortunately, someone had to administer to the tower and those that would come and go, see to its daily operations. I, I have not the, had uh, as much time to my studies as I would have liked. Having was to our librarian not a. Uh, not a suitable uh, public uh, public face. <laughs> I think she glances up to like a frog, the frog demon sitting on uh, one of the bookshelves or something, in his little nook in the in the corner. Our dear librarian has been extremely useful. When men came to take knowledge, um, they were quickly rebuked, and never was an attempt made again. However, let us say that the librarian does not do very well with um, pleasant visitors and um, keeping track of accounting. Resupplying. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps you... Perhaps you need some additional help. Well, Moth is back, but... Uh, you must not neglect your your true studies for these mundane tasks. I, um, probably more than anyone, under, understand the balance there, but we have a gift. It is our duty to the world to uh, develop it as fully as possible. Do not, uh, <sighs> do not neglect your, uh, your magic and become one of these uh, house wizards. She breathes a heavy sigh of relief. 
I have waited two long years to be able to fully devote myself to my studies. And now that you have returned, I hope that is what can come again. She looks hopefully at you. Devon nods. Perhaps we need some more mundane scribes and sages of our own to take care of the uh, day-to-day bookkeeping. At least a, a dearth of people coming to visit and um, take would be nice. Well, for now, uh, you have Moth. She, she beams. Moth always the more uh, bookish type, right? Like, yeah. She, yeah, she was more into the library and stuff. So at the very least... Moff can handle most of the work that Cassandra has been doing. Probably not all of it, since she'll still be working with you, but uh, that does open well, up Cassandra I think the only to reason study. we brought Moff to the Feywild is because she was the bookish type to keep notes, and mm-hmm. uh, she also tended to miss out on a lot of the adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Devon will uh, leave the tower and walk up the hills. I think when he left, like his tower was on the edge of town. And it was just like the vineyards in the hills beyond. Mm-hmm. But now, uh, stepping out of his tower, walking up the Quanot, or past the Quanot. Do we see, uh, is Platos nearby, or is he like... Platos is under, uh, underground nearby. Underground. He's yeah, got... He's visible. Yeah, he's got a, a large home that uh, runs right next to the river, right, you know, where the Quanot comes out, actually a little bit downriver of where the Quanot comes out. But the, the stream mm-hmm. slash river flows right past his home, and there's a road that runs right past it, too. His domicile has sort of been built up a little bit, but you can see I, his tail sticking out one end of the house, big yeah. and fat, grown long if with I, time. If I recall his, I mean, last we left, his house was building down, not out. Right, like he, catacombs were evolving underneath mm-hmm. the, underneath the river and underneath the uh, the tower. And in your absence, it has also grown a little bit wider. Um, who knows what its depths may be now, but uh, it is a, a larger building. It appears that there's even like rooms, like fully sheltered rooms that visitors, people who would come to pay tribute or homage, can rest within the shelter of the home to visit Platos now. Right. Um, and anyways, Devon walks past us for now, mm-hmm. taking a moment to admire Platos's growing girth. Mm-hmm. And past the Quana up to the uh, to the vineyard, which is probably—I mean—it sounds like it's producing wine and is much more impressive than when we left. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I've forgotten his name, but the old drunk. Vinny. Vinny. Vinny has made good on his promises. The vineyards flow over hills and stretch out now um, beyond what you can see. You know, they go down the hill and up the next one, and they seem to go down the one beyond, but you can't see their end. There is a large group of people walking through them, tending to the vines, plucking um, weeds, watering here or there as needed, fixing the framework on which the vines grow. Devon uh, cuts through the vineyard heading towards uh, Akitos's new residence, but if he sees Uncle Vinny, he'll stop and chat. If it's just, like, workers in the fields, he'll, uh... Yeah! Uncle Vinny is out here. Uh, he's sitting atop a donkey. 
um, with a big sack of wine in one hand, a wide-brimmed hat over his head, one hand on the saddle to sort of steady himself as he drinks from the other, and then, you know, blusters orders at the people in the field. His back is to you at this moment. But you can make him out enough when he, like, yeah. turns okay. in profile. Devon, will, uh, Devon, like, cutting through the field, initially beelining it for uh, Akitosis. He'll, like, turn and approach uh, Vinny on the donkey mm-hmm. and come and, like, stand up, stand next to him. Um, I don't know if Vinny will act surprised. Maybe he's chill, casual, and Lord Devon! It's so good to see you again. Mm-hmm. I'd heard you'd come back. I, well, I thought I think, you uh, had died. Thought you were eaten by a troll. Takes a sip of wine. Look, maybe look how your the, vineyards uh, have done your absence, my lord. Yeah, the uh, the fruits of your labor. Quite literally. To come to fruition. Yes. Does he hand Devon the uh, the wineskin? If you look to the wineskin, he immediately pushes it yeah. in your direction. Please sample Devon some has, of the. Devon has a sip. Um. Uh, it is a. Hold on, hold on. We haven't rolled any dice yet. Tell me about the wine. It's a crisp and refreshing white wine. Clears the palate, goes down smoothly. Just enough sweetness to taste nice without being, you know, so sugary as to to sour, to make you shake your head. Um, yeah. I, personally, I don't drink a lot of wine, so I, I don't know how to quite describe it, but that sounds like if how I, wine if tastes. If I started a brewery, would you uh, be better? Or does it need to be like a rum distillery or something? Uh, yeah, if it was a brewery or a rum distillery, I could help you out a little bit more, but I don't drink sure, a lot of wine. Sure. All right. <clears throat> Um, yeah, so we've remarked at the vineyard, um, and then I will uh, comment. Uh, it seems you have uh, some new neighbors. Is Akitos mm-hmm. the only estate that I can see from this hill, or are there other estates popping up in the hills? There are some other small buildings. I wouldn't call them estates. Small houses um, up here in the hills. He bobs his head up and down. Yes, uh, the, the great and mighty Judge Akitos has moved his residence up here. Uh, too many people clou- crowding around his door in the morning. He was getting in the way of the roads down there. So he moved his residence up here. So when lines form, they, they don't get in the way of the town. Uh, and, uh, well, great many gifts have been made to great Judge Akitos. Uh, great many honors and suitors have come. He's such a great judge. Why do our hills crawl with lawlessness? Brigands and <laughs> Judges do not stop brigands, my lord. They simply adjudicate issues and debates within the town. Uh, Let's there's no authority in the hills or men at arms to which to deploy. Bob uh, takes another sip and uh, hands the skin back. Yeah, he looks twice over at someone, looks like he's about to shout at them and calms himself and returns his attention to you. But you can tell that he's Devon's got... about to leave. Yeah. yeah, he's got people to talk to. People to yell at. 
Han nods his, uh, his goodbye and continues walking up the hill through the vineyard to Akitos's mm-hmm. new estate. Sure enough, it, you can uh, see a, a line of people standing in the shade of one of these overhangs outside Akitos's front door. A man at arms in golden or glistening bronze armor with a breastplate and a shield and a spear and a helmet with like stiff horsehair bristles running up and down it stands at the doorway, keeping the line in order. Is the uh, is the house made of mud? Does it look like Akitos built it? Or it looks like it is made of mud bricks and uh, timbers. Devon approaches. The does, guard uh, gives you a stiff and rigid salute. Does the does the guard look like a Romulan or someone? Yeah. Um, give me a charisma check. See if you can recognize this person. You don't remember this person's name, but you have seen this Romulan about. Um, okay. You've seen them in is... in the town of Romulan Romulus way back when. Yeah. What was their was Remus their leader? Was mm-hmm. that basic? Okay. We were that so basic. Was, of, was this one of this was one of Remus's men? Yes. Okay. So he recognizes Devon, gives him a nod, and... gives you a okay. snappy salute, and throws open the the large wooden door for you. The people in yeah, line who are next do not complain; they recognize yeah. Devon. Devon uh, walks in. Uh, you can walk in and see that there are a pair of people standing in the great hall that the door opens into, behind which, or in front of them, further towards the back, is a chair, a, a simple mud brick chair built on the flat of the ground in which Akito sits, um, leaning forward quite intently, listening to the arguments of the two people here. Akito sort of lifts his head to shout at the interruption when he sees you and jumps to his feet, immediately quieting the people before him and bursting between them to come and looks like he's about to wrap his arms around you in a big embrace and in the last moment drops to one knee and dips his head before you. Um. Yeah, Devon was kind of hoping to hear uh, what was going on, get a get a taste for what sorts of cases this guy's been seeing. But mm. <clears throat> rise, Akitos, rise. It's, it's it's fine. He gets um, to his feet. He looks. Uh, pardon my interruption. Um, what's what's going on here? He looks to the two people. A dispute over a property line, my lord. Someone had moved this marking stones, marking the spots where their property lines diverged, and they could not come to an agreement upon where the stones ought to be. Hmm. You look to the two people. One of them, you don't know their name, but you recognize them as one of the people that lived in uh, the next one of the nearby villages, not Necrot proper, but something nearby. The other person you don't recognize at all. Hmm. Are these property lines not recorded anywhere? Large marking stones are supposed to stay in place. Unfortunately, they were moved. I'm not sure how one would record the lines on the ground without 
putting a rock on the ground to show where they belong. With a pen and paper and a sharp mind. Well, you yes. always did know best. Uh, would you mm. like to oversee this case? I fear now that you are here, I may no longer be needed as judge. To which one of the people, the one you don't recognize, immediately snaps. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you, dear judge, are the only person worthy of uh, seeing these concerns. Uh, I, I came to you because I know you to be a most wise man. Uh, who, Whoever is this stranger coming into your house can surely not rule on this issue. I have spent too much time on this to be judged by some weird looking stranger with a funny hat round his head. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> Javon uh, looks over, looks at this man, um, somewhat placidly. Uh, justice cannot be uh, cannot be swayed with flattery. Of course not. Only a dishonest man would try to subvert justice. That's why we've come to Akitos. Great and wise man that he is, he would never be swayed by f flattering words or coins in his pocket. Devon kind of looks around. Are there signs of wealth? Yeah, there's a pair of servants standing nearby. One with like a vase of wine, one with a vase of water. You know, the different colors of the vases let you know what's in them. Um, there's like artwork hanging on the walls that's clearly been imported. The house is like five times bigger than Akitos. Like, this room is as big as Akitos' old house was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Who originally granted this land? Devon looks to Akitos. Uh... Is... I think I recognize uh Helen? Is her name Helen? Is that or is that your wife? Oh, Helen Helen is the, my wife. I What's your remember. wife's mother's name? Oh man, it's been so long. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But Yeah, yeah, she she's the one. To whom? I think I recognize you, Devon says to the uh neighboring villager. Mhm. Mm um is, is this Blubble. land in question your uh, your ancestral home? Or... Uh, ancestral? No, no, it was just open hill land that had not been used. Uh, there were problems with lines forming in the streets, blocking people and trade and passage. Uh, the, the great master of coin uh, told me to move my house and offered me any open land. Uh, I picked this place... Um, behind the tower to be out of the way and to remind people that we all sit in the shadow of the Tower of Devon. I suspect you have a similar story. He says, Devon says to the other one and then probably cuts him off unless he has something extremely compelling to say and says uh, and ask is there is there anything of value 
on the on this property line? Can you not simply sprawl out further into the hills and take as much take as much land as you need? Both of them Sorry. perk up at this. Uh, we would be happy to let you draw a line on the ground if we could extend our property further east. We are fortunate to uh, live in such plentiful times. The, uh, the hills stretch on, largely untilled, unclaimed. I, I think we can come to some arrangement. Akitos um, like simply, leans in uh, close. Oh, but he waits for you to finish speaking. Yeah. If there's if there's not a um if there's not a conflict on the further end of one of your property lines, we can simply add a land grant, extend uh extend one of your properties the uh the length of the disputed territory further into the hills. Akitos leans in, Lord Devon, that land once granted can never be taken back. Surely if we're going to I, uh, grant land, we should charge some sort of fee. <clears throat> the lands belong to Necrot, after all. It can't just be given to town to people. The, the uh... The, the people are Necrot. And... What about that man? He he hails from over the sea. He comes here and lives by our values. He is of Necrot as well. And land is plentiful. Oh. These hills uh, grow from the from the elemental earth itself. If we run out of resources we will simply dig our hills higher. There is, you know, much uh, agreement over this situation, and people seem quite pleased with this arrangement. Yeah, I guess the door was probably open for this, and uh, mm -hmm. people outside are like, oh, he's just giving away land? I can get some too. <laughs> yeah. Um <clears throat> Um, Akitos tells them that they will they should come back another day and lines will be drawn and parcels given out um, and then makes a, a quick step to dismiss the other followers the other people gathered outside uh, and tells them to return another time when he comes back his head is slightly damp as Romulan rain clouds Devon mm -hmm. gestures to be it for the guard to step inside the guard steps inside if uh mostly to Akitos but he wanted the the Guard to hear some of this. If we are, if we are to extend Necrot into the hills, the uh, the safety of our people is of utmost importance. One cannot abide by brigands and lawlessness existing on our roads and in our lands. And I think now it's just Akitos, Devon, and this guard. Mm-hmm. I have uh, no qualms. In fact, I wish for us all to grow wealthy off the uh, resources of our lands. But it seems wrong to me for a judge to grow, uh, to grow rich adjudicating the laws when the laws are not upheld in our own hills. 
Uh, if our people are not all flourishing, if trade is not flourishing, then... then we should not flourish. Akito stands there a little bit stunned to be dressed down in front of his own soldier. His soldier? <laughs> I mean, like, he didn't yeah. spoken. Devon definitely doesn't see this guy as his soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, although he's, yeah, about to mention that. Um, have there been any prosecutions of brigands, thieves, highwaymen? Why is this fine soldier? Why is this fine soldier uh, guarding your uh, your front door when uh, the uh, real criminals are in the hills? And to the soldier, he says, "Not that you uh, haven't, not that you haven't earned some uh, some rest and time in the shade, but Uh, good Lord Devon, I'm." In your absence, we have had to come up with our own ways of running things here. And I, I your can... mother-in-law has appointed me judge, and and as such, I need a certain amount of protection. Uh, things have been difficult while you've been gone, and people have to not always agree with my rulings. Some have tried to hurt me, uh, have tried to strike back at me, and he will like lift his shirt on the side and show you like a, a scar across his ribs. Attempts on my life have been made. How am I supposed to do justice if I fear the man with the sword? Perhaps you should make better rulings. <laughs> Not entirely warranted, but anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... It hardly seems that uh, you should be ruling on land disputes property lines when uh, there are criminals in our midst. Mm. I want uh, I want these uh, highway robberies investigated, prosecuted. And uh, until our roads are safe and trade pours in, It is not right for us and us with uh, power to grow wealthy while people suffer. I, I agree. We are. I am personally. I am very pleased to have your return. There has been much questions of who leads and who is in charge in your absence. And that is why the great master of coin appointed three judges to oversee matters of civil, um, civil issues. There have, there's been much debate over who should run soldiers, military operations, um, f- issues of might. The strong men of the area, the strong fighters of the area, have have found their own ways of making their money. Uh, they hire themselves out as mercenaries to locals uh, rather than working for any issue of state master of coin thought it best not to hire soldiers herself at least she 
position herself as the, a, a queen in the, the zone. If we do not do right by these uh, men of steel, they will uh, they will make their own way, resort to brigandry. Mm. I don't know the solution, but leaving them to uh, turn and turn into cell spears hardly seems like a prudent choice. Mm. Mm. Well. Devon steps outside, um, or steps towards the, the exit. Mm -hmm. Seems you're ill-equipped to uh, track and draw these property lines. I wonder if uh, this is better suited for the Mistress of Coin, perhaps with the aid of a scribe. Who's that scribe that I saw leaving this morning. Ponders for a moment. Oh, the scribe. Uh, I did not catch the scribe's name, but but uh, she was a, a servant of Isaac. Nevan like twitches at this at hearing his name. One of the great uh, power brokers in the area from from Hearthholm has been a source of great trade and wealth coming to and from Nokrat in your absence. I do believe Akitos looking to like quell your anger and move it somewhere else like points over the horizon. I, I do believe on the other side of town that is Hysik's new estate being constructed. You can see workers, you know, working on the, the second floor of the house, hauling up mud bricks and fresh timbers. Necrot is a source of wealth. And there is but one power. And I think with that cryptic wisdom, Devon will uh, start walking down the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, While you've been I don't know in this... we need to roleplay this, but he will he will visit his mother-in-law, the Mistress of Coin, and try to arrange for someone else to draw property lines. Maybe even Moth, but I think eventually we need some like non-wizard bookkeepers, scribes, mm -hmm. whatever. What you need are people with education and training people who can read and write and use like a, a compass and draw proper lines and find a way to like calculate them so that the the lines can be recreated from notes you this need an engineer this will be uh, this will be challenging with devon tearing mountains from the uh, very ground itself and rearranging the property lines willy-nilly mm-hmm um these will be problems for subordinate npcs to solve yeah uh, the... um, but i, I I think it may initially get hoisted onto Moth's plate, unless she bogs too much. At least in at least like the record keeping. So I think uh, unless unless this is something we need to role play, if we do need to talk with my mother in law, I think I'll say that walked in on uh, Akito's handling a property line just be pretty poorly. They're uh, marking out property lines with rocks that can be picked up and moved <laughs> on a whim. So from you know, from now on. 
she should be responsible and my library can be uh can take responsibility for like maintaining and keeping these property records mm-hmm. i think as you travel about should... you'll find all manner of problems that just there was there was a lack of central authority to decree a certain approach and so haphazard temporary solutions were implemented that became sort of permanent solutions um much of this you with your you know what is your int like 17 or something uh, i think 16 yeah you with your 16 mm. int can see the solutions um, and as more and more problems become visible, you realize you could handle all of these things yourself, but it, it would just take a lot of time to manage all the problems. Um, you will need to delegate these tasks, and you will need brilliant people to do them well. Um, you do have three apprentices. Most of these could be done by that, but that would leave them little time to their studies. I think we need like a, an educated middle mm. class scribes mm-hmm. or something so. well if only we well, knew a person of means and wealth and education who has access to a middle class I'm not sure what you're referencing well uh, after um, visiting your mother-in-law whose name we should probably come up with since I can't find it in any notes anywhere it's got to exist somewhere, right? I actually think it's your grandmother-in-law, technically. Um, no. What? No. Wasn't the, elder's, uh, the, el- the late elder's wife? Yeah, and you married his granddaughter. Oh, I did. I think so. Oh. Because he was an elder, and she was like your age, in in her twenties or something. Okay. I don't know. It's a minor point. Well then, uh, this seems like a good spot to take a break. Absolutely. We'll be back on the other side as Devon sorts out what's happening in his lands and maybe pays a visit to some of these strangers. Um, See you on the other side of our break. Welcome back to Dicing with Death. Just a second. We're here with just me now. We were ready. I swear we were ready for a moment. Uh, so Devon is going to go through Necrot. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. So Devon, you've talked with the Master of Coin... <laughs> If we haven't given this woman a name, and I'm pretty certain we have, we'll call her Lady Temides for now. But I'm pretty sure as soon as McTacky, uh Temides could be the last name, but it's, it's oh probably yeah, out of there we go. Somewhere. Yes, she's taken the last name of Temides now that she is the master of coin. There we go, clever Ryan, way to do it. Uh, after your visit to Akitos's house. Gentle rain clouds appeared overhead, giving the Red Hills one of the few rainy days it gets a year. 
A very light sprinkling falls from the sky. People seek shelter. The town quiets down. The roads begin to get muddy. You visited the Master of Coin. You visited the vineyards. You visited one of the three judges. You've taken a look at other things here and there, problems that you have seen within the city. You've had a couple of people approach you and talk to you about what's happened. Some grateful that you're back. Um, a few people angry that you left and have returned now, saying things like, you're throwing everything into chaos. Why can't you just stick around? And then like wandering off immediately before having to deal with your reprisals. Um, all in all, from your observations, the town has grown. Um, has grown in size, in population, in wealth. And you do see a couple of things that I don't know how you would feel about. You know, one of the little shops um, off the main road seems to be a little uh, casino, a gambling den, depending on how you want to, um, the, the implications you want to provide. Uh, other fine. such, you know, what do you call them? Uh, vices appear to be flourishing in the town. There is um, a... A liquor shop that sells imported liquors from the far northwest, from Hearthome. Uh, they sell, like, gin that they make with the juniper berries that grow on the hills to the east of Hearthome. It's quite expensive, but the little shop has been set up, and some of the more wealthy people can be seen buying it or sending their servants to purchase. Uh, where are you going, Devon? What is, is there something specific you wish to do? Are you going to visit... The suitor of your wife? This Heisek guy? Oh. Um, not yet. I don't I don't think so. Hmm. I can go out of my way too. I'm I'm I think I'll wait for that to come to a head or for uh our paths to cross. Maybe we should do some actual wizard stuff. Hmm. Conjure some elementals and steal their steal their souls. Hmm. Yes. Um you can make your way. Search for the Philosopher's Stone. Just you make things. Yeah, yeah. You make your way back to your tower. The issues of the day dealt with. It's probably like, yeah, the end of the day, huh? Mm -hmm. um, I So we were like two years ago, uh, put word out looking for particular gemstones for elementaling. Yes. And in those two years, the particular gemstones that you needed have all arrived at your doorstep and been paid for by Cassandra, who has overseen the regulations and upkeep of the castle of the tower. Um, as soon as you ask for them, she leads you to a wooden box that she has had made lined with a, a soft green felt. And in it are set the four, uh, the three other gemstones that you needed with a place okay. for the fourth one that is around your neck currently, should you wish to put it in the box. Okay. So there's probably, I guess, I think we're looking for, like, I mean, alternatives could have worked, but, like, a fire opal, an aquamarine, or something. And then the earth one seemed a little, like, it seems like every gemstone is earth. But... Maybe, um... like, magnetite, or... Yeah, magnetite is probably... Really I was going to say hematite, but magnetite sounds nicer. Same, same. Iron oxides. Mag load, mag like lodestone would just be... A lodestone magnetic. is better. Yeah, yeah. Is that the difference between magnetite and hematite? Is that one of them is magnetic and the other is not? 
Um, maybe that's the observable property, but uh, I don't know. different oxidation state, different crystal structure. Okay, I'm, I'm asking the layman, Ryan, not the uh, material science engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, there are slightly differences, but they're iron oxide, and one is arranged with all its poles facing one way, and the other is going in different directions. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll save that lecture for another day. Nice. Okay. Well, nothing will get the town back on track like the Grand Wizard working his great and terrible magics. Nothing could possibly remind these people of who is truly in charge <laughs> other than, you know, the I, great I mean, works I, being done. I think we probably need to do this out in the brackish fen unless we, so we want to put the fear of uh, gods in these people by summoning elementals in the middle of town. Mm-hmm. Just like old times. Mm. Did I need all three apprentices to do the soul juggling? That might not have been necessary. Well, I think you brought all three because it was your first time and you weren't sure what you needed. And you brought them all to oversee everything. Let me see if I can find that wonderful animated gif unknown title Devon tests out the magic jar spell <laughs> does this have the gif or just the explanation there's no gif linked in the wiki I don't think yeah shifts himself into the f- uh I guess I just needed one, right? Like Devon into a soy, a soy into uh, a magic jar. Devon in a soy's body, conjuring the elemental, casting another magic jar to shift his his own soul into quartz. Yeah, so so I think it's just one apprentice is necessary. So we can do this without a soy. Oh, here's the gift. I just missed it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really just... So Devon so goes into jar so... one. A soy goes into... Then Devon goes into a soy, and she goes into jar one. Devon goes mm-hmm. into jar two. Ella Mental goes into jar two. A soy goes back to herself. Devon goes to jar one, and then back home. And the air elemental is trapped in the second jar. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do need pretty much max MP to do this, so I will need to like rest and study and mm-hmm. make and my plans then... and figure out which apprentices get uh, get which elements. So a soy's already got air. In theory, I could like probably could I tank? Could I? I could probably repeat this with the same apprentices ad nauseum, right? And just tangle our souls all, all up. Mm-hmm. But I think I was gonna do each apprentice in turn, and then not sure what to do with the fourth element. But well, 
Uh, a soy is gone, what? so yeah. it's either Moth or it's Cassandra. Yeah. They're probably around when I'm making these plans. Are they at of all course. squeamish about the uh, about the prospect of repeating these? I mean, I guess Cassandra's had more time to come to grips with it, right? She's had two years to process all of this. For Moth, this is like this happened like two weeks ago, and it's probably still very traumatic. Yeah, Moth is a little bit more squeamish about these things. Moth is a little bit more bookish, a little bit more I want to learn the theory, and Cassandra's more like I want to be a great mage like Devon. If that means playing with swapping souls, then I am in. Um, and she's also seen a soy who has done well in your absence and has you know found herself with new powers that she is divining herself out of the thin air. Um, you can sense a little bit of jealousy in Cassandra's talking about Asoy. That's always been there a little bit. Asoy's always been a little bit more bold and maybe a little bit more capable. And there's always been that tension between the two of them. Uh, in your absence, however, it appears that Asoy has kind of, I don't want to say gone renegade, but has set her own tone, has not wanted to do the like um, upkeep of the town and has been more experimenting and sort of following the path of the magician while Cassandra took the path of the administrator to manage everything. Um, and there is a, a certain a certain jealous tone, a certain envious tone in Cassandra's voice when she speaks of a soy. Cassandra would be quite happy to undertake this project with you. Yeah. Um, do we have a feel for what element speaks to her? We've got uh, earth and water. <laughs> Say fire. Maybe I'll use my wife for fire. Does that seem like a bad plan? Maybe wife for earth. I don't know. Um, I'm sort of, yeah. He probably asks Moff and uh, Cassandra this if, uh, if any of the elements speak to them. Cassandra says the aquamarine water speaks to her. Mm hmm. We got this stone before you left. It's been here and ready for you. Other aquamarines have been found, and she like lifts the the case, and there's some other loose stones on the bottom, um, under under the area where the main stones are held within the box. Uh, but this stone, this is the the one that I was left with when you were gone, and I have grown fond of it, she said, sort of turning it over in her hands. It sat on my desk for a long time before this box was made. Is it, uh... Is it ready? Is it suitable? Or do we it need is. to have a heifer? I, I think it is ready. I've made it as best as I can, but of course you should overlook it first. Um, Come on, nods. I trust you. Yeah, Cassandra's done a good hey. job. You can look at the stone. Hey. It's well carved. It's got all the things that you need to it. It's nicely polished. Magic jar reads like Ryan wrote it. Like the, the caster shifts his life force into a special receptacle. A mm -hmm. gem or large crystal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like up to the uh, up to the DM and the wizard what a, what is a special enough soul gem to use magic jar on. A well-crafted, well-cut well-polished uh, aquamarine gemstone about yay big is more than enough. And I think for this particular use of the magic jar to capture an elemental soul, although, I mean, maybe the the exact, 
the gemstone matching the elements is more for further uses, right? Like having a water elemental trapped in an aquamarine will make it more suitable for future magical item creation. Mm-hmm. Now, um, one probably to oh. summon the water elemental and contain it while the magic jar spell can be cast. Yeah, it's probably safest to do this in the magic circle. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So after resting for some time, you gather forth your two apprentices and head to the Brackish Fen, or are you going to leave Moth behind to... Does she want to come? I guess we only need... Uh... Oh yeah, she totally wants to come. The the record of this should be written down by a third party, a neutral observer, um, while it is happening. And then those notes can be compared with the notes of the people who experienced it themselves and a, a true, as objective as possible, record could be kept. If only we could also talk to the soul of the water elemental and get its opinion and perspective on, on the happenings and our records could be more complete. But but uh, you know, I don't know how one could speak with the water elemental. I suppose they could speak, she murmurs to herself. And not you... They can speak. I've spoken with the elements. She jots down these notes. Gets prepared um, to bombard you with questions and realizes this is not the appropriate time for use, it. I think I... Did I just read its mind with an ESP spell? Or did I... Tongues. I think I used... I think I might have used tongues and talked to an elemental. Hmm. Right, we had some interesting scenes where I opened my mouth and like the creaking of earth and mm, moving mm -hmm. rocks. Yep. Well. Alrighty. Well, um, let's, uh, let's, let's head out. Take to a tour family. of, uh, yeah, up in the crotch. Check out our new roads. Do we have like proper? But you're not paved. They're still dirt in nature, but they have been. Instead of just being trails that people follow, someone has come through and cut them properly, so they've got like you know a set width, um, and they're flat along the area, and carts can travel on them, and the big rocks have been moved out, and the earth has been packed down hard. Mm -hmm. um, the mud, the dirt roads are good enough for now because the Red Hills get so little rain that, you know, they, they don't turn to mud and wash away. And so there's never been need to pave them with stones or line them with wood or something. Um, mm -hmm. You only get a few inches of rain a year. Cool. Well, a few days later, we head out from the crot. Mm-hmm. Just three wizards probably got packs or whatever with some food and some minor supplies, but mm -hmm. why is just us? Uh, probably spending a night in Grecos on our way. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Has Grecos changed much? Grecos has grown. Its population has swelled. It is maybe 30% larger than last you've seen. You don't know the people of Grecos very well, uh, but there's no way in two years that they could have naturally swelled their population by such numbers. There's 30% more children running, running around. 
Yeah. Um, one of the things you'll notice in Grecos is a contingent of dwarves who seem to be set up somewhere over here. You can see their low-lying house near one of the roads. Um, a group of dwarves hanging out near a table on this uh, late afternoon when you arrive. Hmm. Chattering there, in their uh, native language. We founded a dwarf town somewhere up here, right? Yeah, the there was a mine over there. there. Is it a copper mine? Uh, silver? Sason, he, it's a silver mine on the coast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Devon will approach them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Greetings, um, uh, cousins of earth and stone. Have you, uh... One of them perks up! Oh, Devon! I see you're alive! Give me a charisma check. It's been... Yeah. I mean, I they're, they're dwarves, right? It's hard to tell. I was about to be them. racist and ask if they uh, if they knew Sason, but uh, it seems like they probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah! You recognize this as one of the dwarves that you met originally. He's not one of the ones that mm-hmm. came with Sason, but he's one of Sason's family members who, in the two years you've been gone, seems to have followed afterwards. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been two years for Devon. That's probably why it's so easy to remember him. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, he clearly recalls your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see in your wisdom you've uh, decided to uh, consider my advice and uh, move east. Well, of course. You find, the, you find the earth of the Red Hills suitable for your uh, for your crafts? He gives a half-hearted shrug. I suppose is as good as a place as any. Um, I guess you've been gone some time, though. Uh, our former but, home became less appealing after the warlords moved in. Shrugs. Uh, this place is safe and good. good. Uh, plenty of access to good materials. You've, uh, Taking up residence here in Grecos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, last I saw him, uh, your cousin Sason was uh, uh, prospecting a silver mine in the northeast. Aye, and there he stays, keeping the silver mine running and flowing. Great many coin come out of that place with your face stamped on them. Was Devon's face on the silver? That I think the I thought the copper had Devon and Helen. Yeah, did and the, the silver s- had uh, the mother-in-law. But uh, okay, but it wasn't Devon on one side and the mother-in-law on the other. It was Devon on one side and Helen on the other. Yeah, the it was the copper, copper and so the yeah. silver was going to be okay. The I silver, know. I think, was going to was the. Uh, was it the tower and I think the so. master I think, of coin? Okay. I think it was the tower and the mistress of coin. And then we don't have a gold mine yet, but we'll come up with something. Well, then he doesn't say your face on them. With a lady... Just wrote her name down. Lady Temides' face on them. We see a lot of silver coming through Grecos, and uh, more than a few copper as well. 
Alright. That's fine. Do they have any interesting uh, tales or rumors to relate? Warlords uh, just and... that cryptic word about warlords north of the Brackish Fen. Nah. Got my own lands to tend. Alright, so we uh, spend the night in Grecos and then continue west. Alright. Perfect. Great. Uh, you can make your way into the Brackish Fen all the way to... Can... Yeah, I, with the roads and stuff, I think we can travel much faster. Mm -hmm. In fact, we probably could have gotten past Brekos in one day, but... Perhaps, but there are like things better... to see and, you know... Stops to be made. People address you in the street. Cassandra, yeah. you know, says, oh, hold on. Let me quickly do this thing in Grecos. This one, you know, administrative task that needs to be handled. Um, you know, runs off to do it. And you spend 15, 20 minutes waiting there. Eventually resting at one of the local inns where you get... Um, oh, where you get free room and board as one of the locals uh, says something about, you know... I. Platos himself never comes out this far, but to you who saved us from our own sacrilege towards him, I, I could not charge a single copper coin for you to stay here. Please, Lord Devon, stay in my home. Oh, if you insist. Um, and the next day, the two of you, the three of you, find yourself back at that summoning circle in the... Yeah. What is the... Uh... What is the path like through the Fen? So we had built, the dwarves had built like a series of boardwalks and paths mm -hmm. and stuff through the Fen. Mm -hmm. Has that been well maintained? Is it um, sturdy enough for trade to pass through the Fen? I think so. I gave you a description of what the roads were like when you left the Feywild on your way back, but I don't remember the description I gave. They were more or less there. Like, we we took a long time bringing the dwarves back and, like, built makeshift boardwalks and bridges and stuff on our way back yeah. to the plot. Um, but the idea was, like, the swamp shifts and it requires some maintenance. So I guess yeah. the, the question was more like what's what's happened over the past two years, right? Have, have they been maintained? Have they been improved? Or and has I, it fallen? I think I gave a very direct answer to that when I described you guys leaving the Fen after oh, your yeah, two years right. there, but I don't remember what I said. I think the roads are in decent shape. Yeah. You can, uh... Oh, man. I'm going to have to have a nice long chat with McTacky. and you're what you need him to read the wiki to you uh the notes aren't in the wiki but he knows he knows everything he knows everything wiki doesn't say anything yeah but... yeah I, I do believe the roads are in good condition yeah okay so we walk through the fen walk along boardwalks and bridges um, and get to the special spot. I don't know if there was a marker. I think we can like see the hill or something, but like the road doesn't go straight past the uh, the workshop. There's like a right. point where the road's like a couple hundred yards from it. 
Right. And we still have to trudge through the swamp a little ways to get to the uh, secret workshop. This is true. The fish swim at your ankles. Mosquitoes buzz in the air. Dragonflies dart to and fro. Uh, Birds sit in abandoned trees. Go and uh, get set up in the workshop. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Might as well do this all this night, right? Why not? Let's see. Um, The first casting will be Magic Jar, but I do want to review my elemental stuff to make sure there's nothing that I'm missing there. elemental will require just water and sand I guess is that what it says yeah water and sand there's plenty of water to be found here and a bag of sand could easily have been brought from Necrot doesn't say the sand needs to be particularly high quality. I'm sure I could find some somewhere in the swamp as well. Mm-hmm. You could bring sand and but. silt out from the base of the Brackish Fen, but, yep. uh, you know, a wise wizard always brings his own supplies. Yeah. Uh, Devon probably isn't a wise wizard. I'm guessing Moth probably brought a small basin mm-hmm. and sand. And I think we'll pour, like, fresh drinking water. We're not going to, like, conjure a swamp elemental or whatever. Hmm. Although I think those would be some fun monsters to create. Mm-hmm. We had like the blood elemental that we did mm-hmm. battle with that time. Mm-hmm. But like magma elementals and like storm elementals, mixing of the elements, mm-hmm. different effects. All right. So Moffa sets the basin in the middle of the summoning circle. Cleans Water up the outsides. Make yeah. sure nothing crosses the edge of the summoning circle. Picks it up. Gets her notes ready. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Devon and Cassandra prepare to uh, soul swap. Share an intimate moment together. Are you ready? You can see Cassandra is a little bit jittery with excitement. You know. Mm-hmm first real magic that she's worked in a long time. Certainly she's cast spells here and there, but nothing like Magic Jar. What is, uh... Curious what Cassandra's, uh, spell list is even like. She's probably got, like, three versions of, uh, Hold Portal. She just keeps coming up. That was the last instruction you gave her. So now she's got all the hold portal spells. She's got magic missile, reveal doors, yeah. magic, tech magic. She's only, she doesn't have level two. Sp- well, I haven't level, updated probably, her character sheet in a long, long she's time. She's level 3.5, so she should have level two spells, but we haven't given her any. But yeah, by now she's got to be at least level four, maybe. Maybe more? Level, no, I guess she... She became probably, a became a house wizard yeah she's probably hit four at this point and stuck there until she can be trained appropriately anyway 
here she is, ready to work these magics with you. Yep. I think she'll find the experience kind of lackluster, because she's going to spend the whole thing uh, inside of a uh, magic jar. Uh, that'll be an experience in and of itself for her. <laughs> yeah, probably disconcerting, right? Being trapped in a, uh, a prison of aquamarine. Mm-hmm. So Devon casts magic jar, placing his own soul into the gemstone, his body falling limp. And then he has to attack Cassandra. I think she goes willingly, however. Yeah. Um, but first, the, the elemental must be summoned, yes? That's later. Okay, you... you... You go into the jar first, mm -hmm. then switch with Cassandra. So now you inhabit her body. And then, yeah, and we can. I, I think she can like willingly let me take mm -hmm. her, take her soul. And so Devon is in Cassandra with uh, with an empty magic jar. Mm -hmm. And then he will. And then Cassandra, with Devon's soul inside, will surface leaving Devon's lifeless body below. And uh, so Cassandra and then Moff there taking notes are around the summoning circle. Mm -hmm. And Devon from inside of uh, Cassandra's body will cast a conjure elemental. Excellent. Summoning the, uh, summoning the water elemental in from the basin within the, uh, in the summoning circle. It has a range of 60 yards. So I think we can stand outside of the Circle. Mm-hmm. Conjure the uh, conjure the elemental. I those are so broken creatures will be summoned in within the circle, preventing them from running free, but also preventing the caster or others from interacting with the creature. While touch and spells may not cross the border, non-magical sounds may creature in the circle may attempt to break out do so the creature uh, rolls a d10 and adds their willpower to the number of hit dice and the number of hit dice to it the spellcaster rolls the same thing if the creature's roll beats the casters the creature breaks free of the circle if the circle is made with silver instead of lead you have advantage on your d10 roll this is most definitely a well-made circle so you roll 2d10 or you roll you know a d10 at advantage we'll i mean like well, Plus first off, power. this is made by Drexel, Set so dice. probably a level 99 wizard or something stupid. Mm -hmm. um, and second off, that's only if the elemental is trying to attack it. So this is only if I lose control of the elemental before I can right. swap souls with it. And in fact, I might just, if I've got control of the elemental, I might just be able to say, hey, uh, let me have your soul. What's the word on? Let me have your I'm soul. The conjured elemental must be controlled by the wizard. The spellcaster must concentrate on the elemental doing his commands or it turns on the wizard and attacks. The elemental will not break off combat to do so, but will avoid creatures while seeking its conjurer. Wounded or grappled, this concentration is broken. What about casting other spells? I think that counts as the caster not concentrating on the elemental doing his commands. Four for like for around right so mm -hmm. it'll probably turn on me try to get to the edge of the magic circle and then mm -hmm. i can re-concentrate mm -hmm. right it's not like breaking control but it's like ignoring your uh mm -hmm. 
your elemental for long enough that it starts to do its own thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe we so maybe there will be one round of the elemental attacking the magic circle. Yes, there well, will be uh, one round. But conjure the Conjure the Earth Elemental. Forgive our lack of theatrics, there's too much like logic involved in figuring out how this works. Mm-hmm. But we uh Under the cover of night, our two witches gather outside the magic circle. Moth furiously scribbling notes. Right. And Cassandra, possessed by the bond, with a magic jar around her neck. Mm-hmm. Um, she first casts Conjure Elemental and brings forth the Water Elemental. The magic circle made by Drexel the Lich definitely holds fast against the elemental's yeah, attempts the, to break through. And the following round, outside of the magic circle, Cassandra casts Magic Jar, transferring Devon's soul into the jar. Cassandra's body falling. Limp to the there ground. Limp. Is there another jar? Is that what we have to have? There are two jars, yeah. There are two jars. So there's some other random, like, diamond or something with Cassandra's soul on it. Down, I think it's just two aquamarines, probably. Okay. Yeah. Temporary vessel. Mm-hmm. That's probably... I mean, that's not relevant. Like, that's down with Devon's lifeless body. Mm-hmm. And then from there, Devon is in this second magic jar attempting to attack the elemental... From within the magic jar, is he able to control the elemental? Like, can he, like, refocus his concentration and be like, hey, elemental, I'm back? Hmm. Life Force goes into the receptacle. While in the magic jar, the caster can sense and attack any life force within a 10-foot-per-level radius. Group of life forces the caster can sense, blah, 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 blah. Right, like, what if there are like spell effects that are going on before you magic jar? I.e., in this case, like control over an elemental. Hmm. They persist, or are they broken? This magic jar thing. a great question my gut tells me that when you are magic jarred you probably have to break concentration on whatever you're doing certainly for the round where you're casting it but then once you're inside of the magic jar the next round so that first round like you I ignore the water elemental and it bashes against the uh, magic circle and fails and then the next round, I am attacking the water elemental. But yeah. the question is, can I also like regain my link control over the water elemental? Like, so it says that when you're magic jarred, you can sense and attack life force. What else can you do when you're in a magic jar? Presumably you can't cast spells, but if you had persistent magical effects going on, are all of those broken? Your soul is still on the same plane. It hasn't shifted anywhere else. Your mind is in the jar. 
fully functioning and capable of doing its things. It cannot speak or move, so it cannot cast spells. But you can think. You can... Maybe not observe, but you can sense life forces. Right, so I can I can feel out where the elemental is. Do I still have the the link via the conjure elemental to say, "Hey, stop that! Stand still! Give me your soul." It I mean, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't matter either way. We just, just yeah. I mean, it seems like important an important precedent to set, and then it also changes whether or not I need to actually attack. Let me just read conjure elemental here. Okay, must conjure elemental. I think that with Conjure Elemental, if you stop focusing on your control over it, the control breaks. Yeah. I don't think you can temporarily... Yeah, because it, it does say for Magic Jar that you need to spend the whole round. Mm -hmm. So maybe I could command the Elemental from the Magic Jar, but not while I'm attempting to swap souls. Yeah, but can I also I think the that... From the Magic Jar? So like, I think say that when I... you break concentration on two Magic Jar, then the Elemental breaks free of your concentration i don't think you can really? suspend so if, if control you momentarily if you momentarily ignore an elemental it breaks free yeah permanently and there's I, no I way think to it takes that link. full concentration and then if it breaks then it's just broken entirely yeah that doesn't set any precedent for magic jar and maintaining concentration on effects um which is good because i'm not quite ready to make that decision but I, I do think that the once you break concentration with the elemental it's just free Uh, so you will still need to do your attack to move it into the jar. Yeah. And what is that attack like? Um, it gets a saving throw, but it might be a very pitiful saving throw. I was going to look up. Uh, so it's modified by my combined, by the difference in our combined int and wisdom. Oh. Mine is like 29. I don't think elementals are particularly smart. They are not. It was modified by subtracting the combined intelligence of wizards target from those of the wizard. Well, then this guy's going to need like a nat 20 or something. So here I think is... So, right. I want to say it's like low intelligence, like five to seven, and I don't know what you'd consider its willpower to be, but maybe comparably shitty. I guess it could be... Could have probably, decent Yeah, probably around well. average. I don't think elementals are... Well, they might be a little bit a fire elemental might have low wisdom. A rock elemental might have high wisdom or willpower, sort of just yeah, representing but it's low their intelligence. So seven. After yeah. That, let's say average is six. If you assume it's average will. Sixteen average then. And what's 16 your intent from Twenty nine. So twenty nine minus sixteen is 13. thirteen. A penalty of thirteen to its saving throw. Okay, one d twenty minus it's thirteen. Eight, it's an eight hit die fighter. It does not pass its save, yeah. although it rolls quite well. You pull it does it... get one more round to try and break the magic circle, but I don't think it matters. Like even if it breaks free, I grab its soul. Yeah, and then 
its soul. Uh, and it does not burst the circle. Elemental water is trapped within the aquamarine. And Devon has control over the uh, element of water as long as he likes. Um, yes. As a water has... elemental, what would you like to do? Um, Nothing in particular, but I do relish in this for a while. I am stuck in the magic circle, I believe. Yes. You are confined. Spells can pass through it, though, right? I could, li- I can magic jar through the magic circle. Yes. I don't think magic jar is stopped by lead or stone or anything like that. I don't know what you mean by that. Like, can I magic jar right out of the magic circle, right through the stone beneath me, back into Mm. Chandra's body? Or do Mm. I need to... Magic jar. You can sense life forces nearby. Attack them. Yes. Um... I don't think the ground beneath you would stop that. I think you could sense life forces through the ground. Um, I'm sure there are special materials that you could use to to block magic jar, perhaps a combination of silvers and leads and other enchantments um, might be able to block such a thing, but there is no such thing here. There's no such warded area that you are aware of. Sorry, what did range. you say needs to... Uh... To block a magic jar would probably need a special preparation of silver and lead together. Um, okay. Uh, okay. You know, thickness of both. And none of this workshop doesn't have any such protections. This workshop has no such protections. Okay. So I, yeah, swirl around as a water elemental. I think I'm slightly weakened because I'm on land. Mm-hmm. There's a, a basin of water nearby you. Yeah, the basin wasn't enough water, actually, now that I look at it. But there's enough water in the swamp, I think, within 60 yards to mm-hmm. serve as the source of water. Yeah, we probably shouldn't have skipped over those details. But I imagine the water would have flown from the swamp towards yeah. the circle to, like, create a a vortex of water. Then that splashes up and, like, fills the area, pushing against the circle, kind of creating, like, a pool with invisible walls which in which you swim now well I think I'm con you conjure the elemental on you can conjure the elemental on dry land as long as you're 60 yards from water I think hmm. trouble with elementals is like half of it's in the monsters manual half of it's in mm-hmm. in the spell the spell description didn't mention this stuff but that's yeah, fine um, I think it's it's an 8 hit die elemental so it's 8 feet tall so it's not like a whole pool of the magic circle it's like an eight foot tall, vaguely humanoid water elemental. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see from your water elemental form, Moth scribbling furiously, note after note. Cassandra's body limp on the outside of the circle. Yeah. Um, Devon unconscious. And you realize that, you know, with just Moff the scribe here, if anyone were to come across the situation right now, yours and Cassandra's bodies would be so easy to take Ex- or destroy. Excuse me? I'm an eight-hit-die water elemental. Locked in a magic circle. Yeah, I, I was curious to see about breaking out of the magic circle. Mm. I might try to do that just just to see how tough it is. Right, we had experimented, we had laid a, like, I, Devon had actually accidentally broken the magic circle, 
and it does reset. So we know that it, like if I break free, I'm not going to be permanently broken free. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's, what, what happens if Devon tries to escape the magic circle? To escape the magic circle, you must roll a d10 and add your willpower and your hit dice number. And the creator of the circle will do the same thing. Um, the creator has advantage because their circle is extremely well made. And the if you win, then you break free. If you fail, then the circle holds you. For a round or forever? And I get to use my highest level, not my average. Is that correct? You would use your highest, yes. I will roll 28. Okay. And then I guess we're just sort of feeling out the strength of, uh, of Drexel here. Or whoever made this magic circle. I muted the silly thing. Don't know how. Don't know how to phone. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, you cannot break out of the circle. Level 14, let's see. 14, 30, there's, even with a 10... I could I could conceivably do it. if I rolled like a ten and he rolled a poorly. Can I attempt every round or is it a or is it like a one and done? Not every round. Um, I'm not sure if it should be turns, hours, or days where you can reattempt. Mm-hmm. But there there will be an ability to reattempt. Maybe it's once a turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna say once a turn. So Devon needs to get back to his own body in a particular order. <laughs> so as to not revert. So I can't go back to Cassandra's body. Because that will free the water elemental. No, but you can push her out of her. I will push. I think I will go back to the magic jar that she is inside. Mm-hmm. Which pushes her back into her body. And then from that magic jar, I go back into my own body, yes. which ends the first magic jar. Yes. But the second magic jar is still going. Yes. And in the second Forever. magic jar is the spirit of a water elemental, while the body of the water elemental, which is just water, floods the magic circle. How do we get our swimming pool? Yes, or but you can't escape? go in because the magic circle blocks physical passage. Both ways. Yes. I thought last time Devon tried to cross it and broke it or something stupid. Oh, I think that sounds right. No need for it to be canon. I don't know. No, I think that's right. It's it's yeah, just been so. like four months since we've done this, so I'm forgetting okay. my rulings. So initially, Cassandra regains her consciousness uh, in her body. She's like... When, last, yeah, when she was last conscious, she was in the basement of the workshop... And then she was in an aquamarine, and now she comes to back in her own body mm-hmm. on this slab of stone underneath the stars. Cassandra wakes up, 
grasps around, is panicked for a moment, calms herself, gets to her feet, dusts herself off, and comes over to where you are now coming to. Because it takes a round for her to to move her yeah. out and take her place, and then a round to this. Um, she will she stand guard turned. over you for a moment while you get to your feet. Uh, I mean, she's got to walk down the staircase or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we and she has for she has the elemental soul, right? She has the magic jar with the mm-hmm. water elemental in it. Yes, she holds it in her hand as Moth continues to scribble quickly. And I think with these magic jars made, Devon can probably use them at will, can't he? What do you mean like use I, them? Like, could I, whenever I wanted to, put my body back or put my soul back into? these active magic jars, like swap my soul for the elemental soul inside. Hmm. That it you... seems like with magic jar, you could like prepare vessels and do these crazy switcheroos and like have vessels waiting for you to use. Well, the life force of the water elemental has nowhere to go unless you swap with it. So you could go into the magic jar and the water elemental could control you, your physical form. Uh, I don't think that's how it works. Like, it tries to find its own and then it tries to... successful, the caster's life force occupies the host body, and the host's life force is confined to the magic jar. Host body retains its own hit points and physical abilities and properties. freely from the host to the receptacle within the 10-foot or level yeah, range. Any life force with nowhere to go is treated as slain. So I think, right, if, if I displace the spirit of the water elemental, it's it's just killed. Okay, because it doesn't go it like to if, your body. It would just, it would try to go back to its own, but has nowhere to go, and so it would yeah, just die. If there is, like, an empty vessel, so, like, if you had done some switcherooing and there's, like, a body nearby with no spirit inhabiting it, mm-hmm. that might be a that might be somewhere to go. Right. But usually, no. For a water elemental, maybe you'd say, like, if there's a body of water nearby, it can jump to that. I Air guess for a water could probably elemental. conjure anywhere. Like yeah. A fire elemental would probably need a bonfire. Yeah. Earth elemental could probably go anywhere. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Okay. But interesting preparation. Like, it seems like a necromancer could have these magic jars, like, prepared for like emergency escapes mm-hmm. to like yeah jump into your already prepared magic jar 
I don't know if they intended for these sort of loopholes to exist where you can like chain magic jars to like have a magic jar spell active with, uh, right? Right, the reason this is work, like usually the spell resets when you go back to your, I mean, maybe it's meant to reset when you go back to your original body. How well, I think that's what happened. I think you have returned to your body, and so the jaw, the spell is ended with something trapped within it. Yeah, you previously you were telling me that the second magic jar spell is still going. Is it? I mean, I'm. You have an opinion one day, and you reread things another yeah. day, and your opinion changes. Yeah, it's fine. None of this is relevant. I mean, the end goal was to get a uh, an elemental spirit trapped inside of a gemstone, which you definitely have. Yeah. There's nothing in here that says the spell ends on a certain thing, right? You just move. Um, it says if, yeah, I mean, it, it's got a special duration. The, uh, somewhere it's like the, the spell ends when the caster returns to his own body. Ah, yes, the spell ends when the wizard shifts from the jar to his own body. So the spell must have ended. Well, no, because my when I cast the second magic jar, my own body was Cassandra's body. Oh, right. That's kind of the weird gray area. Like, what do they what do they mean by your own body? But it well, seems in this like context, if you're taking your body it, was Cassandra's. Literally, my body yeah. was Cassandra's body. So the yeah. second magic jar is still going. Yes, the second magic jar is still going. You so, like, can shift to... into that that one particular magic jar because you are currently yeah. in a host body, which is my own body. Right. Yeah. But in general, like a wizard, a necromancer could magic jar and take over someone else's body and wander around with this weird soul gem. And whenever they feel like it, they could magic jar around. Yeah, you cast magic jar, you take over someone's body, you walk around as that person, and then at will, you go back into the magic jar. Yeah, for for however long you want. Basically making a permanent magic item or whatever. Then you would this be is... able to transfer yourself back into the soul gem at will and push mm-hmm. that soul back into their original body at will. Yeah. Or if you chain these magic jar spells together, you could like make it so that the original soul, uh, it would probably, a displaced soul would probably be able to, to possess a, an empty vessel, an empty body. Mm-hmm. Right, you couldn't like possess a zombie because they're decayed. But if it's like someone that's been just like that soul has been removed from their body, that body is suitable for. Yeah. Anyways, um, did we bring all the gemstones? I mean, we might as well uh, chain them together. We need... Well, you need time to rest to recover your MP, right? Yeah. Do you have bring to go the gemstones? Uh, Cassandra would have brought the box of gemstones for you to use. So it, the box yeah. is here with all the gemstones, so including uh, the backups. How's feeling? Do we want to conjure? Uh, Moth's good to go, but do you days? have do you have room? Do you have uh, MP for two more magic jar spells? Oh, definitely not. We would probably need to spend a few days like studying at the okay. workshop. Then study at the workshop. You shall. 
Uh, using Moff's notes, you can pull out whatever spell books you brought with you and record what you have learned. Is spending your time in study doing this. Cassandra pulls out her old books as well. You'll notice like a thin film of dust on the edges that she blows off into a little cloud. Um, pulls out some ink and quill and makes to work writing. The three of you can spend days down here underground, going up for air and water as needed, taking notes, discussing the the principles of magic, using what divination spells your apprentices can have on them to probe this magic jar and the creature inside, trying to see how it may react. What happens when you bring the magic jarred creature within the confines of the magic circle? Does anything happen? What if you place it in the water from which it was originally created? All these little experimentations are done and Is there, um, Are there any noted. interesting results you'd like to share or... Or so many interesting results that just for uh, suspense we'll uh, leave to our imaginations. Um, the results that you get are minor uh, in their nature. So you you put the the gemstone in the magic circle and nothing really happens. And you cast detect magic on the area. You can sort of see the swirling magic of the the magic circle in effect. And then you can see the gemstone in there. And there's sort of like a, a, a bit of a resonance between the creature trapped inside and the magic circle, which isn't there when you take it out. But it's not, you know, it's just like, oh, there's there, these two things have some sort of magical resonance between them. But it's nothing juicy, it's the stuff that would be interesting to academics, what, not to... What about the water? Like, are there weird effects when you put the water gem into water? Most uh, surprisingly, there are no effects whatsoever. It doesn't seem to respond to the water in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And then someone Devon says, well, will, what about uh... special water? What about, like, magical water? What about holy water? Would it do something there? And everyone looks around, and there's no holy water to be had. And what about the water of a nymph's pool or of, like, a you know Poseidon's lair? Um, except they probably wouldn't say Poseidon. They would say some sort of, you know, sea creature. Um, an aboleth's lair. Maybe that water would react more differently. Or what would happen? It does know. have a potion of sweet water. And uh, that shouldn't damage the potion of sweet water, right? To put a water elemental in it? Um, I think, yeah, that would probably fuck up the potion of sweet water. Yeah. Yeah. We need to learn how to make more of those. Mm-hmm. So it brings up the... Two mystery potions, too. Oh boy, those are real mystery potions now. Uh, potions of Drexel, they're labeled. But yeah. Great. Well, much Doesn't matter. Much research is done. Potions of water breathing. Interesting. You think it would it would destroy a potion to put a gemstone in it? I think so. Yes. I think the potions must be kept in these vials to be safe. Um, it takes a lot of energy and magic and study to create a potion, and they are easily damaged or destroyed. Okay. Um, uh, Devon will share his Serona momentarily with his apprentices. Mm -hmm. Let them uh, use the ESP powers to uh, probe the mind of these elementals. Mm. Um, I suppose they're free to legend lore and uh, dream about mysteries of the universe that they have uh, that they would like answered. But probe the minds of the elemental. Cassandra will attempt to legend lore Atropos. I feel like that was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. It didn't, um, uh, I mean, no lasting harm, but like it was like gazing into the abyss, wasn't it? And then... Yeah. 
you know, you give her the. I didn't. T- I mean, I didn't tell her. I, mean, I was like, here, you can borrow this. Yeah, Since with the, the uh, mind of the elemental, but she knows that you can use it to like. And she takes advantage of this brief moment to get to the burning questions at the back of her mind, and she tries to legend lore. Insane. Yeah, um, let's have Cassandra make us a wisdom willpower check as she sure. tries to uh, reach. <laughs> The, the true nature of Atropos. Would you roll her a wisdom willpower check? Yep. I will. Oh, God. Cassandra. Not a... Not a... Not her strongest stat. Yeah. Um, her eyes go wide. They begin to roll back a little bit, but sort of reach the top of her eyes and sort of fl- flick up and down a few times uh, and before she rips the Serona off her head and throws it to the ground. Uh, scrambling back away from it and then looking at you surprise wide-eyed surprise what have you done Devon asks what have you seen Did she was she able to rip the throne off herself or does one of us rip it off of she was able to discard it quickly enough does legend lore happen instantly when you use a serona or was she like caught like Hmm. zoning out for a few moments Uh, it was moments, maybe 45 seconds before she grabbed it and threw it off of her head. She looks at you and says, babbling uh, about the winter gods. <laughs> hunger. I felt so much hunger, so much, so much thirst, so much. I, there was a lack, a lack of, of life, a lack of soul, a lack of an, an emptiness, a deep bottomless emptiness that could never be filled pit of darkness thought of Atropos she gazed into the abyss what what is she I don't know I don't know if uh, we should know I've always heard the legends that the witch Atropos has lived in the cave beyond our walls for forever but I, I have assumed forever just meant as far back as someone could remember that that she was still mortal or maybe fey in, in nature but this cannot what what is bottomless and and empty and hungry atropos she uh, embodies these things She's incredibly dangerous then. That that insatiable hunger. And she, you know, she stops mid-sentence and thinks back to all the people of the village that have served her and they sometimes go missing and vanish. You know? Atropos has consumed in not necessarily physically, but consumed in in some form or another all of her servants eventually except for you you have managed to leave her chambers and make your own way in the world where many of her other servants seem to have just faded from the world until she calls for a new one there have always been questions about what happens to servants at the end of their time with Atropos 
And when some people have, you know, searched her for wisdom, she has always found a way to calm people's suspicions. A source of great knowledge, this woman. Great manipulation. Knowledge is power. And power can be dangerous. We must be careful what we wonder. So, Moff, do you want to have a turn with the Serona? Devon is not so whimsical. Uh, anyways. Moff will make a days, wisdom check. Days of steady pass. Yeah, should I roll a wisdom check for Moff? Yeah. Just to see if she even wants to attempt it. Yes. A success means she's going to... Has the courage... She is going to pass. She's going to pass on the Serona for now. Too many other notes to take. We'll, we'll get to it later. Yeah. You know. All right. Um, I, should we roll some dice to see how long we're out here? Or Yeah, just roll a bunch of regener- uh, magic regeneration dice. Yeah, let's see. If I'm in... If I'm spending... Oh, we've got a little handout here. I can check. Yeah. I can get quality sleep in the swamp, right? <laughs> yeah. How, uh, how well kept is... Like, this is a... It's a workshop. It's a shelter. We brought food. Yeah, quality sleep Spending really refers to safety and security. Um, and this place is safe. This place is secure as far as you're concerned. You have no fear of being interrupted. You've got a warm bed. You've got water. You've got food. You've got light if you need it and darkness when you need it. One, two... I think each... Each fifth level spell is like 25 MP, right? Yes, it is. So I just barely have enough MP to cast these three fifth level spells. Three? Yeah, I have 75 MP exactly. What three spells do you need to cast? Two magic jars and a conjure elemental. Ah, yes, yes. It takes every last ounce of MP for you to do this. So it'll take four days to, uh, to be ready. Mm-hmm. But we can do that on the dawn of the fourth day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, has Moth decided which element she wishes? Fire or earth? Moth. Fire is a little bit scary to someone who is so bookish. You know, fire... Eh. Symbolically, you know, fires can tear through things and destroy, and Moth is a little bit afraid of that. But also, fire creates light. Light is symbolically synonymous with with intelligence or with wisdom, with knowledge. Um, but Earth appeals to Moth. The, the hard stability, the solidness of Earth, the ever-present security that it provides. That's good for Moth. She likes that. We've scrounged some uh, some soft clay. Mm-hmm. Easy to dig out of the fen. And uh, that is our component. Put that, putting that in our basin. Um, we probably gather some rocks and pile them. I don't think we want to like conjure the elemental out of the uh, out of the structure of the summoning stone itself or something. That seems risky. It's true. You may need yeah. quite a bit of earth in here. Yeah. To I mean, cr- that was probably done over the course of these four days mm-hmm. right we pile up some dirt I mean it doesn't need to over four days it's easy enough to gather an eight foot tall pile of rocks and earth right uh, maybe if you had a bunch of laborers but you've got like two week 
spellcaster apprentices who are also working on magic-related tasks. Actually, there might be problems gathering enough earth. You might have to push her into doing fire anyway. Uh, well, then we'd need to find some sulfur. Or sorry, mm. some phosphorus. I'll have sulfur for my fireball spell. But mm -hmm. um, We've been we filling also... our, our planter box in the backyard, which is 16 by 4 by 2. And it takes a lot of work to fill up that planter box with dirt, even if we're just pulling the dirt from the ground right next to it. It is surprisingly yeah. laborious to move that much earth. Okay, then I think we might skip to a fifth day. Mm hmm. And Devon will use a fabricate spell mm. to like transfer dirt in range, yeah, five yards per level. So, like, from the magic circle, he can like excavate uh, stone. Well, you wouldn't want to take it from under the magic circle. That would disrupt. No, but five times nine, 45 yards. So it'll okay. be like pulling earth from the swamp and, and piling it. Perfect. Perfect. One Can be done. foot per level. Let's see. I think, so the bit about like using mineral reducing the AOE, I think that's like if you're taking rocks and trying to turn that into steel or something like that it's less effective yes. but if I'm just taking rocks and trying to pile rocks I can get one cubic yard per level of rocks right I'm not really transferring spellcaster could fabricate wooden bridge do the quality Sorry. of items made by the speller are commensurate with the quality of materials used for the base of new fabrication if the caster works with the mineral the area of effect is reduced by a factor of 27. But I think by that they mean like if you're taking, if you're like taking iron ore and trying to make a sword out of it, mm -hmm. it's the, the AOE yeah. or like the, it's reduced because there's not enough iron in the, right. Totally, totally. But if you're just piling up mud, then that's no <laughs> I can pile more. Up a cubic yard. In fact, totally. probably two cubic, probably two rounds of this is enough to make a, it will, Quality is commensurate with the material used, so it will be low a low-quality, muddy earth elemental, but mm -hmm. it will be fine. And using Fabricate, I mean, I can, I can shape it into an earth elemental mm -hmm. before I do it, which might so as well. one cubic yard per level, and what level are you, Devon? Nine? Level nine. So maybe actually... I might actually be able to improve the quality somewhat, right? Like doing the mineral to better material transformation, right? Like nine cubic feet should be enough to make an eight-foot earth elemental, right? It might be kind of slender. Well, you've got nine cubic yards, which is 243 cubic feet. That's enormous. I'm saying if I, like, if I work with mineral and make a better quality elemental, is nine cubic feet enough to make an eight-foot elemental? That would be, like, eight feet tall and, like... Totally, just yeah, because 243 cubic feet is a 6 solid. by 6 by 6 solid block. So you could easily make an 8-foot-tall person. No problem. Yeah, so I think that's what I what I do, actually. More like a golem than an earth elemental. Mm. This is maybe a direction that Devon is going in his, uh, in his crafting, but he, uh, from the mud of, uh, of the brackish fen, he crafts a... Uh, a clay golem, a mud golem. Mm, like excellent. Excavates it and compacts it into the uh, 
shape of a man ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably more of like it looks more trollish. I think it's got like long, lanky limbs because like limited in area, right? So it's got to be kind of slender mm-hmm. and lanky, but it mm-hmm. has to reach the eight feet tall. Um, and he's not really a craftsman, so it is kind of crude. But it has like long, pointy ears and a trollish snout. Mm-hmm. Pronounced brow, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. We fabricate that, and uh, for a day or so, I think it just sort of sits there unanimated in the magic circle mm-hmm. because we need to rest uh, again. And then on the fifth day, morning of the fifth day, we will breathe life into this elemental. And I think we've done this twice now, and the rolls are... I don't think they really matter all that much, right? There's a chance can, that you... We can quickly roll. There's a chance that the elemental escapes before... Well, the elemental can't possibly break out of the magic circle. Uh, okay, I think its maximum roll is still less than the other the the magic circle's minimum roll. And I don't really think there's anything bad that can happen. It's, no, but it can, does get a saving to throw how, to see how many rounds it takes. So I guess roll a, roll a saving throw just so we know, and then we can kind of yeah. It was one d twenty minus thirteen, and it gets a negative three on its save. So you can easily move between all the things yeah. and trap. So them. we do the same same thing again. Devon's lifeless body in the basement. This time Cassandra's waiting at the top, taking notes while mm-hmm. uh, Moff and Devon swap souls. She's mm-hmm. probably more uh, more timid than the others have been, a little more mm-hmm. reluctant. Mm-hmm. Maybe she resists and Devon has to uh, wrench her soul from her body. But mm-hmm. <laughs> we cast the magic jar, swap souls into the lodestone. Mm-hmm. And Moth emerges from the basement, possessed by Devon, carrying a, carrying a second lodestone. Yes. It's been sort of polished and faceted into a octahedron. Like a nice uh, eight-sided die. Mm-hmm. But big. Big enough to make a suitable uh, magic jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, next she uh, Devon from Moth's body casts uh, Conjure Elemental Conjuring an Earth Elemental mm-hmm. and Which the takes only over Earth the... available is the, uh, is the Golem the lifeless Golem that uh, Devon has created um, Which there's a basin of soft clay nearby but the Golem springs to life and I think with like an elemental inhabiting it, it no is no longer restricted to the form that Devon created. So it, sort it can of flow as melts. needed. It can flow as needed. So mm-hmm. probably only for a moment is it in the shape that Devon crafted, and then it like mm-hmm. shifts and yeah, reshapes, pounds against the wall of the magic circle to no avail. When Devon as Moth cap- casts another. Um, what you call it? Another magic jar spell. The elemental fails, and uh, Devon possesses the earth elemental. The mm-hmm. elemental spirit is trapped in the lodestone, and Devon uh, flexes as an earth elemental for a moment. Um, a lot of strength inst- in this form. Yeah, maybe instinctively, like reshifting. Uh, reshifting his form 
right? He does have access to like some of the innate powers of the creature. So he like probably tries to reshape it into the into the golem like structure that it started as. Yes. You can shift back mostly into the golem-like structure, but not entirely. The weight of the material in its, like, viscous form doesn't allow the legs to support it. It does need a bit more of a blobby nature. The the golem cannot be fully formed, but, like, the top half of the golem can create its form once again. Yeah, the picture of the Earth Elemental in the book is kind of like a shambling mountain. You know, I'm reading Magic Circle. And I think there's a flaw. I think there's a hole in all of this. Didn't you make this Magic Circle spell? Not necessarily a a flaw, but a interaction with Earth Elementals in particular. Because the Magic Uh Circle creates vertical walls. Oh, but the Earth Elemental could... The Earth Elemental, I think, can move through Earth itself. Let's read this Earth Elemental for a second. That big of a deal, because you, as we discussed earlier, can target things still within the Earth. Can travel through solid ground or stone with no penalty to movement. Cannot travel through water... Um, they do travel slowly. Movement speed six. But even through like magically worked stone, like the circle, I think the elemental can probably sink into the stone, can't it? Mm-hmm. I think when Cassandra summons the elemental, it takes the form of the body. It moves forward, presses against the wall, and then begins to sink into the ground. Um, fortunately, this all happened. We could roll initiative. Oh, magic jar might take the full round. It does take a full round. Yeah. So, but it, it the elemental takes a full round, trying to break the magic circle. Yes. Failing, realizing it can't. Yes. And then it sinks and gets as far as it can in a round, which is probably it's probably considered combat round. Probably moves sixty feet. I would yes. guess. Yes. Uh, and this... like, maybe it goes down and pops out and find like hunches over Devon's lifeless corpse for a moment before. Uh... I will give the elemental a roll to see if it is uh, trying to destroy you or if it is trying to flee. Oh, actually, it will try to. It will go for its summoner, which is Moth, or which is Devon in Moth. So I think it would spend the round moving. Like it goes down 60 feet, goes under the, the, but the magic circle is perfectly, how far does it go into the ground? Does magic it go circle at all? starts at the circle and goes up. I, you can just dip right underneath it. I do believe. Yeah. I haven't described a height for the magic circle either. So air elementals might be, might be able to fly high enough to escape. We already dealt with the air elemental, but. Lucky for us there. Um. So it gets one round. It can move. Well, no, it's one round is spent trying to break out, and then right. But then, but I think the magic jar might be a full round. So I was wondering, do we need to roll initiative, or does magic jar? You summon the elemental with one spell, and then the next round is when the me- the creature tries to break out, 
And if it only gets action, to break out because she's casting Magic Jar. She's cast, Yeah, so she takes the full round to cast it. It takes its action to break out and fails, and then uses its movement to go out underneath and force, appear right next to Cassandra. shifts into the receptacle in the round that it was casting, allowing no other, no other actions. Can sense an attack. An attempt to take over a host body requires a full round. Yeah. But luckily, it uses its action to attempt to break out. So as long as Devon and Cassandra's body... Well, no, but that was the round that the magic jar was being cast. And then there's another round where the oh. life forces change. So is it able to, like, move and ambush? And, like, is it smart enough to be like, hey, I can just, like, swoop and, like, flip underneath this magic circle, pop up and punch in the time it takes to do the magic jar? It's possible. It's only got int five, though. It or is like no it... stranger to moving through ground. Um, it is its natural thing. So when it tries but to... But it is a stranger move... to a magic circle. I mean, it's like, what is right. this magic circle? It spends around trying to break free, but then it's probably piecing together, oh, hey, I can go down. Right. So it can go down and out, and it can get out. And it... I can't see any reason why it wouldn't attack Moff's body in the round after it breaks free while the magic jar attempt is turning. Does it, does magic jar happen at the end of the round? I think it's, a, it, it's not totally explicit, but I think it says it takes a round. An attempt to take over a host body requires a full round. So does it, magic jar still enables the caster to shift his life force into a receptacle. The life force shifts in the round in which the casting is completed, allowing no other actions. There is a... Cassandra is witnessing this, so she'll get a chance to, like, react. She will Um, see it meld into the earth and come out the other side in that first round where Magic Jar was being cast and it tried to break free. And so the second round, when the elemental has an action, when Devon and Moff's body is attempting to switch bodies, Cassandra will have a full action and a full round to do whatever she wants. turns on the wizard and attacks it will not break off combat to do so so cassandra if she is feeling uh chivalrous could initiate combat with the elemental could distract the elemental right the elemental the elemental would fight her rather than going towards the non-threatening summoner yes but i guess we'll maybe we should uh roll some kind of morale check or something maybe roll a surprise for Cassandra to see if she like expected it to pop out of the magic circle well no one expected it to pop out of the magic circle um but Cassandra rolls a nine on any surprise check that might have been incurred and passes without flaw uh the question is is Cassandra brave enough didn't she didn't Cassandra attack an elemental with a stick once and a dagger to get off of Devon yeah or was that a soy I think that was Cassandra Soy participated a little bit too, but Cassandra, I think, was our lifesaver. Yeah, um, and just like before, I mean, she's my she's my henchman. 
Well, she also has she has magic missile. She could like if she's smart, she probably magic missiles and runs. Should we roll some like stats or some stat checks to uh, see what decisions you make, or should I control her as if she? Were you PC? should control her as if she was your PC. She's your henchman, and that is the benefit yeah. of having her as a henchman. So if Cassandra sees this happening, her eyes go wide. Devon and Moff is like thinking shit, 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 but he's staying focused. He is like trying to control this elemental, trying to grab its spirit, mm-hmm. whirling around to see it like taking shape behind him. Mm-hmm. And Cassandra flings some magic missiles at the Earth Elemental. Uh, level shouts, four would do two d four plus two damage. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, we should probably technically roll uh, initiative, but I don't think there's any oh, way wow. for the elemental to. Well, if it had rolled eight HP and she had rolled eight damage, she could have killed it. But that's yeah. a thin edge, yeah. and it oh, rolled crazy good. She rolls like okay. She rolls like three on her initiative. Oh yeah. If it had rolled, if she had rolled like a ten on initiative and it had rolled one, it might get an attack off. But I think what she does is she flings. Two, she's level four, so is that two d four magic missiles or two, yeah, two magic yes. missiles? Eight damage. If it had rolled all ones, she could have killed it. Yep. But she's trying to distract it. She's hoping that Devon will save the day within a round. She flings the magic missiles and then takes her move to shout, "Over here, you big lug!" and takes off running. And I think by instinct, by like if you read the description of the mm-hmm. Conjure Elemental, it won't break off combat to pursue its summoner. So I and think so it, it like will... turns at the little gnat that just threw some magic missiles at it and trudges 60 feet. And Cassandra 60 can yards. move 60 feet. She can cast and then move, do a half move. And the creature has a, the same, has a half move. Or a, and they a... started like 10 feet apart. So right. I think like it probably moves to her, but it like can't, it can't move. 60 plus 5 or 10 feet right attack right so it Unless moves it charges. after her. i feel like an earth elemental shouldn't be able to charge yeah the book specifically calls out that they move slowly so the earth elemental no, like earth, rumbles like, closes, through the ground like lurching, do, it, like, creating ripples as it goes in her direction pop, i mean it can move more than 60 feet it just can't move and attack more than 60 feet right right so it, like pops up lurches over her as devon reaches out um and what's the range of magic jarring? Is it at least 60 feet? I hope so. I think it's 10 yards per level. Five yards per level no. or something. The magic jar, the caster can sense and attack any life force within a 10 foot per level radius. So 90 feet. She's okay. 60 feet Woo. away. Woo. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. still within range. One round of movement. Um, yeah. And then the saving throw <laughs> goes off, which we rolled earlier and was a negative three. See, and... we, couldn't just, we didn't just breeze this one over. Woo. And Devon catches the uh, elemental spirit, the earth elemental spirit in the lodestone and controls the uh, earth elemental, which he like, like reshapes in a more non-threatening way, hopefully to signify to Cassandra that she's not in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees Moff's it. body fall limp, so she gets that. Yeah. So what, like, what has the happened? Earth to like, it backs off and like shrinks down. Devon tries to tell her it's me, but all that comes out mm-hmm. is the sound of glaciers sliding on granite. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And in this form, she... you can move in the earth, I do believe. You retain yeah. its basic movements. Um, I and think I'm you free are more from clumsy. the magic circle. You are. 
You are more clumsy in its body than it will be when you go through Earth, since that is something not natural to you, but it is still workable. Um, would you like to explore the out. Earth? I might hang out as an Earth Elemental for some time. Like, I could be an Earth Elemental forever. Probably not forever, forever, but that seems fun. Mm-hmm. Moth um, still trapped in stone. Cassandra, oh, the only conscious body lying around. No, Moth will go back to... Oh, no, Devon needs to go back to Moth. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moth, Moth is in one lodestone. Devon is in another. To take on the form of an elemental permanently, I need a sacrifice. Let's see, mm-hmm. I'm curious about magic jar. I, I mean, it has some comments on like natural, like it says you get the instincts of the creature. Yes, yes, and it's probably clumsy. I guess yeah, the instincts would be the ability to move through earth without trouble. Caster chains. Uh, let's see. Caster can call upon rudimentary or instinctive knowledge of the subject creature, but not upon its real or acquired knowledge. I guess like skill at moving through the stone is acquired knowledge, but like the natural ability to move through it is an instinct. It does specifically say clumsiness and inefficiency until you get used to the new form. Um. Devon will like reshape into a uh, into a golem of his own making, and walk back to the magic circle. Well, like I guess, like shift through the earth back, and put things as they ought to be. I guess this uh, elemental is pretty slow. It wouldn't be a very efficient. I had a vision of like enjoying the earth elemental form for a little while. Heading back to town as an earth elemental, carrying Devon's body. Mm. But uh, that would also leave Moth in stasis as well. Mm-hmm. Not the kindest thing to do. So Cassandra looks on in horror as Gollum Devon plays with his form for maybe a few minutes longer than he should. Like he like picks up and collects all the bodies. It's like lifting is... the corpses in the hands of the Earth Elemental as it yeah. rolls along the ground. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give Cassandra a bravery check, which in this case will just be a willpower check. Oh, God, she's got shit willpower. Nope. Nope. I was going to say mean? she she sits on the... She's going to see if she would attempt to sit on the Earth Elemental and ride yeah. it as you pick up things, but she's a no. little tepidracious. And, yeah, not uh, only gets, is this an Earth <laughs> Elemental, it's also her master. I think she just kind of... Uh, just walks beside stays it. Stays clear. Yeah. Um... I'll uh, ferry. Well, she, I guess she's not brave enough. She trudges back through the swamp, but I think Devon uses the Earth Elemental to ferry the bodies and their stuff on like a Earth Elemental sled of mm. rock over the swamp. Yeah, you can't go. Through I guess there's the issues water, but you could go under the water. Maybe like lifting up. If the water is only so deep, right? If it's only like four or five inches, you could create like a rolling tide of. A stone like a or pedestal earth. yeah that like, moves with you to like fairy moth and mm-hmm. devon back to the path mm-hmm. 
And the path that the boards are on is mostly through the shallow areas where you can actually build bridges. There might be one section of deep water where the elemental has to like go deep and far around before it meets back up with the path. But the path lays out, you know, usually the easiest, shallowest route. And so it is within a day, maybe by that the end of that day, that you make landfall. Um, over here, since your movement rate is half of what it normally would be, uh, I think I, I think when we get back to the path, it's probably faster to shift back into our human forms, right? Totally, so much yeah. faster to walk as a human than to move yeah. as an Earth elemental. Yeah, Devon only plays as an elemental for a few minutes, maybe gets his back to the to the boardwalk, mm-hmm. and then di- lets the elemental dissipate. Um, can he leave it as in a cool form? I think he can. Yes. I think like so next to the uh oh oh hi next to the marking the uh place where the the uh, magic circle mm-hmm. is uh is off the path will leave a uh the uh <laughs> the lifeless body of an earth elemental so just mm. like a, a stone and mud clay guardian standing ominously eight feet tall next to the path mm-hmm. just to freak out the travelers and villagers and Perfect. maybe mark maybe mark where uh where our... <laughs> little, little kobolds running around underfoot Ugh. um yeah Cool. Uh, do we want to do another segment? Should we take a break here? Or... Um, I definitely need a break here. I think a small segment back at town wrapping a few things up would be nice, but not yeah. a terribly long one. So we'll break and we'll be back in a few minutes with some more Dicing with Death. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dicing with Death for our last short segment. As Devon and the apprentices return to the town, return to Nacrot. A week later, Mm -hmm. only being back for a few days. I'm sure everyone was like, oh, God, not this again. (laughs) Or maybe they've gotten used to Devon not being around. Yeah, there were some questions when you didn't return within four days if you were going to be gone for another two years and take two of your apprentices this time. But you return. There are questions and there are wonders, um, but it's not for them to know unless you make an announcement. No, it is not. The Devon now does have these three elemental gems. Mm -hmm. They just stay in the case or do they... uh... Stay with him. Hmm. I guess they might as well stay in the case for now. Mm-hmm. Locked in the library, guarded mm-hmm. by our Yugoloth. Mm-hmm. The oppressive sun probably... beats down on the red hills in the summer months while you're coming into town. You notice lots of little things that still need be dealt with on your way back into town. But those aren't, uh... Aren't your problems for now, though. Most of them can be passed off to someone else. 
<clears throat> when, as you come down towards where the tower is, you can see your domicile, your very own home. And who should be standing outside of your home but a pair of spearmen that are not of Necrot. My, my home being... Uh, the manor adjacent to the tower. The okay, it is adjacent to the tower. So I think there was like a... Okay, I don't actually recall. There was like a small dwelling that the tower sprung from or near. Was my wife's man like the manor where my wife and child live in the same in the same spot? I do believe so. I have an old map of Necrot, but so much has changed. What I want to do between this session and next is actually draw out a map of Necrot, um, and like get a better version of the town going. Because this is this is my old map of Necrot. Um, clearly excellent this is insufficient to describe it in the modern era yeah 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 um and so the question is is the is the manor next to the tower or was there a separate like elder's manor your wife lives in your house which is next to the tower i am confident okay okay even with the passing of the elder she's still uh so yes, this is has this the, is her home. Has the home grown? Like, have they added additions? Right, like we've seen all these judges moving up, up and up, getting fancy uh, estates in the hills. What is the? Uh... In the two years you've been gone, your wife's grandmother, the master of coin, has indeed made sure that her granddaughter and great grandson are taken care of. Um, the estate that you're... I'm sure this is the elder's youngest daughter, but I don't... My... Back Whatever. The, the child, the person in question, regardless of the grandness of their relationship, um, sure. has been taken care of. However, she hasn't really had any administrative duties. Sort of as your wife, she was the symbolic person that people would come to in your absence. But as the months rolled on, um, more direct people were come to. And she ended up sort of leading the life of a noblewoman without a clear task. Um, the herds that her people had tended to in the past uh, have been sold or passed off. And she had a child and, you know, no, no time to manage flocks of goats all on her own. And so they were sold to someone and that money reinvested into creating a better house. And then enough money passed to her from her mother of some kind that um, she need not work or labor. Um, I don't want to describe your wife as a layabout, but she's been busy rearing a child and not performing other duties. So, all that's to say, the uh, this is the house next to the tower, and it is uh, much changed mm -hmm. in the past few years. Mm -hmm. And there are two spearmen waiting outside. Yes, two foreign spearmen who dress in clothing from far away. Not the the goat hair clothes that your people wear, but you know woolen clothes from more gentle pasture lands. Okay. more rich soils Devon approaches and he was just out adventuring so he probably has his elemental pike with him mm -hmm. proper weapon 
And you would have spent one right. night in Grecos, so I think you have one night of MP yeah, worth. Not studying, but like a, probably 2d13d1, I think would be for like Let's a nice see. night. Activity plus quality sleep is two dice, and you get the top one. So eight on top of zero. Extra. No, 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 because we had... 23, 23 plus 19 plus 19. No, but you were at full 75 when you had to cast the two magic jars and the elemental. So you would have been at zero. Oh, correct. Even if I over gained. Right. I, uh, yeah. Okay. I was at zero. So I have eight. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's in like, I'm also a level seven fighter. Mm-hmm. Eight is enough to glance some blows or that might even be a second level spell or something. We'll cast spells if I need. Anyways, Devon approaches. He's got his uh, his wizardly staff, which doubles as a spear and doubles as like a martial arts weapon, even. Mm-hmm. And he approaches uh, behind. Are they facing outward, like guarding, or? Yes, they are uh, near the front of the house, looking out to observe anyone coming on the path to the house. They see you approaching. They don't Devon. move to stop you, but they do like give you the up and down and judge I mean, whether or not Devon, you are a safe like, walks person. Right up next to them. Do, are my apprentices with me, or do they go to mm-hmm. the tower? Nope, okay. they're following in your footsteps. So I got some extra magic missiles and stuff too. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, <clears throat> "Can I help you, gentlemen?" We are here to make sure no one interrupts the great Heisek. Devon clears his throat and uh, steps past these guards into the house. They allow you through. They allow me. (laughs) I allow them to live. (laughs) For now, Um, Devon steps in into the house. Uh, I think originally it was like a very modest, like one room, little like studio thing, but has it like it's like swelled to take up the like neighboring plots and it has swelled somewhat it now has a a dedicated parlor um and a dedicated kitchen cooking area and then a dedicated single bedroom so it is now a a three room house what was once the main the only room is now the parlor um a kitchen to the side and a bedroom to the other side so in the parlor i assume i walk in on you what's, walk in what's on... What's going on here? Devon says as he steps in. What, is, what does he see? Uh, there is a man with his back to you um, who was clearly in the middle of conversation with your wife who was seated in a chair as the young mini Devon runs about. Uh, and she, your wife, at this point, speaks up and says, And here he is. Speak of the devil. We were just talking about you, darling Devon. Is it just Isaac, or are there guards in here as well? Uh, one of Isaac's guards is here standing a few feet behind him and, like, turns to face you now. Doesn't, you know, get their weapon in an attack position or anything, but was in the room in case something went down, personal bodyguard always around, and, uh, you know, now you have the, the guard's full attention. Isaac, there was a he's look. He's armed in my house. 
He's got like a spear or something. Yeah, he's got a spear. Isaac's got a sword at his side, but he hasn't drawn it. The the guard mm-hmm. just keeps the spear in hand. Isaac throws a, a single glance over his shoulder at you. You can see a you know a strong face with a, a well groomed beard, you know, oiled mustache, <clears throat> and says, "Well, I suppose that is my cue to leave. Please, lady, think upon what I say. The grandeur of Hearthome awaits you." Day and night. And uh, uh, Isaac turns, gives you like a look up and down, like a, hmm. I don't know that he has a direct route to the door. Like I probably just walked in and there's probably, the, the guards let my apprentices walk in? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay. You are absolutely so, blocking the door, uh, but he's giving yeah. you the like up and down, like you don't mean much to him and he's preparing to walk Wait. towards you, um, but you have plenty of time to react. Yeah. Uh, what are you? What is he referring to? Devon says, looking to his wife. And why are there uh, armed soldiers in my home? My bodyguards follow me everywhere I go. A man of my stature needs protecting from the vagrants of this world. I'm surprised you don't have any bodyguards. Hmm. I guard my own body mm. and those of my family. Ooh. Why well. are you here? What were you speaking of? Devon says, looking past Isaac to uh, his <clears throat> wife. The gentleman was making me an offer, like he has made me before. And I gave him the same answer I gave him the first and second and fourth times. He gives a a lady such as this should not be left alone for long periods of time. I've offered her a place of comfort, a place of leisure. If her husband, if I hear of you coming near my house or my wife again, these bodyguards will do you no good. Well, then perhaps you shouldn't leave her alone for many long years with no sign of your whereabouts. But I am a guest in your home. Then I shall leave. I can tell when I what? am not wanted. Guest, you are an imposter. With bared steel. He looks over to the guard. Yeah, past him. I guess it's bronze, huh? Eh, close enough. <clears throat> he... Well, I shall leave then. Good day. Lady, good day. Hmm. What are you? What what is your position in this town anyway? Good day, man who digs in the earth. This whole conversation, Devon's uh, like hand has been like twitching and snapping. Mm-hmm. I got head aside. Um. doesn't sound like you're making room for him to move away though no not really i don't know he's not all it's not really doing anything to like warrant aggression have enough mp for an arcane spray and really want to use it but i don't think he's quite warranted it yet Mm -hmm. i don't think he's going to 
He looks expectantly am, at yeah. you to move out of the doorway. I am, I am Devon, but as I said, I don't expect you to need you to need to call anything or to call me anything. Good. Mm, then what I you won't. say about me? Be, um, you're being very casual about all this, but uh, heed my warning. If I. Uh, if I hear of you or your soldiers coming near my home again. Well, I guess you won't really uh, be able to regret it. Are you Devon steps aside. threatening me? <laughs> no more than you are by uh, being... Uh, Devon looks at the, at the soldier who's still in his house. Uh, but I, was, I don't know if you caught that, but Devon has stepped out of the way of the door mm-hmm. by now. Mm-hmm. Isaac doesn't like being threatened He's a man that's used to being in charge of things And having this person who he doesn't know And who he has low regard for um, Threaten him in this way is unsettling Frustrating But there's nothing worse for your image than looking like uh, someone small has flustered you And so he tries to brush this off and uh, will stroll out of the house, taking time to ensure that his footsteps are casually paced and, you know, taking his time to exit. His bodyguard will fall in line behind him. Um, He'll get to the door and wipe his feet on your doormat on the way out. Yeah, as he's taking his time, uh, Devon will kind of ignore him and speak as if he's already gone and turn to his Mm -hmm. wife and say, who is that man? Has he any has he any diplomatic or has he any political standing in Hearthhome? He has no positions or office, but he is building a house on a distant on the hills opposite the way, on the other side of the creek. He does much trading in this area, but aside from money, no standing. I wouldn't consider him with any more of your time, dear. This I'd, is... like to leave, I'd like to leave it that way, but he doesn't strike me as one that will leave well enough alone. This is all well within earshot of the, the gentleman. Yeah. Hero <clears throat> was worried he was some foreign prince or something. Well, it seems I can, uh, seems I can deal with him uh, on my own without uh, treating with the uh, leadership of Hearthhome. <laughs> I don't think he's worth dealing with, dear. He has... Maybe come to town to buy something from time to time, but what he really wants, he cannot afford. Um, he's gone by now. The bodyguards flee with him. Your apprentices stand awkwardly outside your front door, trying not to yeah. get in the way. Yeah. Uh, your kid wanders up to you and looks at you with big eyes. Doesn't really know who you are but just like stares at the, the strange man in dark robes with the um, elemental pike. He, uh, instead of uh, casting arcane spray, Devon reaches in his, uh, into one of his pockets and like crushes up some like bioluminescence sea creatures hmm. to conjure uh, dancing lights. Kid makes grabs for the lights and babbles about them 
in, you know, the language of a two-year-old. And Nivon absentmindedly looks out his door at uh, Isaac. Yeah, and his street. gleaming bodyguards who are making their way across town back to the building, the house that he's building in town. You're not gonna pull a... Uh, what's that guy's name? Lag. Damn, I was trying to make a reference, but I can't even remember. Oh, Akadia. Akadia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not gonna pull Akadia here. No, no. I don't. I mean, unless this guy's a secret demi-lich, like he's just one false step away from getting blasted out of this campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, but he I'm hasn't. No, I'm not. I'm no dysfunctional lag party. I'm a ninth level wizard. <laughs> you know? I, I am aware. Um, but he hasn't done anything worth being killed over, right? He's just kind of annoying. No. Well, if he shows up in my living room with Spearman again, like oh. that's that's like that's what I was like. If he's uh, if he's like a actual representative Hearthome, that's like an act of war. And yeah. Like, so like, do I need to send a letter to Hearthome saying one of their representatives has shown up in my house with a uh, Spearman and uh, ask for them to discipline him or he'll face? Uh, across justice but no no representative just like a, a merchant mm-hmm. disappear in a ditch in the red hills and no one will mourn well we'll have to see if he crosses you again um and i think with that we can wrap up today's session you can get back to the tower with your apprentices put away your gemstones if you want to put them away or you could have them fashioned into a necklace that you can wear everywhere you go I don't know if that is a dangerous idea, though. Why is it dangerous? I think for now we'll put them away. Eventually these will be... I don't know what other magical properties they might have, but eventually I think these will be components in his divine mantle, Mm -hmm. elemental robes, but we're many levels away from uh, crafting permanent magic items. Mm. Maybe you should uh, magic jar him and take over his body and see how people react to him when he approaches Um, them. Oh, does one of my apprentices suggest that, or is this just the dark recesses of my subconscious? Uh, it's Atropos, Atropos's voice hanging around in your head from all she's those years like, of training. And she's like incepting all sorts of terrible, perverted things I could do while I'm controlling his body and just sully his reputation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's oh. for another time. Um, I do believe we're being told by people that last time we were going to level up, but maybe we should save that for the start of our next session. Now that we've sort of come back into the area, refamiliarized ourselves yeah, with what's going I feel on. Like a plane shifting, time skipping, elemental summoning. This is worth. It's definitely worth at some least levels. A level or yeah. You, I don't like. I don't know that we're really getting. Like we're level level not. We we jump to level nine because that opens up. Uh, consumable magic items and mm-hmm. level five spells are pretty epic. I don't think I even get new spell levels until level twelve, so we're probably like maybe we'll go to ten or eleven, mm-hmm. but that just gets more spell slots, which is good. And MP, which is nice, yeah. Yep. And then we have warrior levels to catch up, I guess, but I don't really know if we're doing much to warrant warrior XP. Probably not. Yeah. Well, we can deal with these things next time we play Dicing with Death, which will hopefully be sooner than four months.
most likely. Um, I think weekends are okay for me, but you usually have a campaign on Saturdays. Yeah, Sundays. It's always on Sundays now. Um, And once a month, I have a thing on Saturdays. So I've got something next Saturday. Um, But I could do the 12th or the 19th. Probably the 19th. Do another Saturday soon. I think I have plans one of those weekends. Which one's the holiday weekend? It might be the 19th that I have. You have plans on the 19th? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got friends visiting that weekend. Okay, so let's aim for the 12th then. Yeah. Should work tentatively. I'll need to. uh, Yeah, I need to solidify that this discuss this with my mistress of coin and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. such things i have to check in with the true supreme powers mm-hmm. your winter gods the winter gods yes <laughs> the icy icy winter gods um and that will do us for the day so mm. we'll be back hopefully in two weeks with some more devon and dyson with death Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.